When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Swinging a high fly ball, deep left field. Get out the tape measure, long gone. It may have hit the video board in left center. Christopher Morrell, a booming two-run homer. Cubs trail three to two. One out here in the second. Ahmed Rosario with a shot to right field. That one is deep. Going back to the wall, Laureano. And that one is gone. Didn't take long, but the route is on. It is now 7 to nothing. Swung on and drilled to deep right. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. It is a Stantonian home run. And the pitch to Burleson is hammered down the right field line. Is it going to stay fair? It does. Another Cardinal home run. Their fourth of the game. A three-run shot for Alec Burleson. And the Cardinals now lead seven to nothing. Seventh inning for the Mariners. Gino takes off. It's low in the dirt. And Gino stops halfway. Here comes Julio home. Here's the throw. He is safe at home. Julio stole home. The Mariners add on another run in the most dramatic of ways. Good morning. Happy that you're with us. Coffee and cream, Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. Uh, The rain was not a problem this morning, Shane. You're welcome. I spoke to Mother Nature yesterday and told her that you had an issue with it. What did you hit her up on, speed dial? Well, so I thought I was talking to Shane. I I saw... Some somebody that looked like Shane. I thought I was talking to him. Oh, in the neighborhood, I, I saw. Um, I saw him, and then I realized, oh wait, you're not Shane. So I had to. Oh come uh, on, Shane. I had to make a separate phone call for our boy over there. You're like, yeah, he's just been kind of whiny pants. He, Did he look good? Oh, he always looks good. He looked a lot like you, Shane. Did he? Uh, did he have my walk? Yes. He had your walk. Did he look like he was walking on water? Very determined. I did not. <laughs> I did not realize that that was our neighbor. Yep, right I, down I, the road. I did. Think Very someone, determined. There is someone in our neighborhood that looks just like Shane. Well, and I had just no, like him. I had no idea. So I, I called you laughing hysterically. I'm <laughs> like, you have got to see this. I swear to goodness, Shane is. And what did I do? I dropped his, everything I yeah, was doing. When I so. I heard your car door beeping. I was like, this dude is really getting in his car to go check this out. So I was running to get ice to because we had to have the kids out at the campsite. And when I called back, you're still laughing. And I'm laughing. And I want to know what you're laughing at. And when you told me the story, I was like, oh, that's him. I had no idea. I thought it was Shane. Uh-huh. Like, I just wanted you to see it. Because I seriously thought that that was Shane. Well, so I told DB a while back that I would rather have somebody 
do a, ch- a house chore for me and pay them for it right. than me actually do the chore. So it was when I was going out to ref, yep. and I told you I had 12 games, and you were like, 12 games? Holy cow, good for you making that money. I'm yeah. like, yeah, because I'm using this money yeah. to pay somebody else to do something yep, for yep, me. So yep. like, that's how I would I would go about the business. But I, I saw I, – I, I did not know that that was going to be your intended mm-hmm. I saw employee. Sh- I saw Shano 2.0 painting his own shed. And I'm like, this guy does pretty nice work. So the the funny thing is, you told me this like three weeks ago, and I had no idea it was the same person. Mm-hmm. Same and guy. you go, that's the kid, <laughs> the guy. <laughs> and I was like, kid. And you're like, yeah, he still lives with his parents. I was like, oh shoot, he looks just like Shane. But then again, it wouldn't shock me if Shane still lived with his. Sans, I wish I still lived sans with my parents. The f- sans the facial hair, Shane does look like a kid. Like, <laughs> And so, and I mean, it, I'm sure Zoe, they're just want like, what am I, because I had to take her with me yesterday. I'm I'm sure, like, like what, what is this dude laughing at? I, I almost, like, slow pulled up to him, but I didn't just want to be staring somebody in the mouth, like, and, well, exactly, and <laughs> exactly. He's observant. Like, so he's always looking around. Like, if you tried to, like, snap a photo so you could show Shane, like, hey, yeah. I found you. your body double. Yeah. Like, he, that would guy he, would, would he, know about would it. Would he be mad about I don't know if he'd be mad, but he'd be like, uh, this guy just took a photo of me, and I saw it. <laughs> so he looked – so we established that he looked good. He was probably in some kind of Raider gear. He, <laughs> he uh, was in all black. He was in all black. He probably had glasses. He did. He did. Probably had a uh, little bit of a shadow going. I mean, you said yeah. he was younger, so had, I had, had, a, had his hat pulled down. Mm-hmm. Had his hat pulled he's down. He's younger than you, but – I wouldn't say he's like 20 years younger than you. He probably, oh, no? I wouldn't think so. Do you think so? I, I couldn't like stare. Was like he I wearing boots? Uh, kind of. Like didn't, I didn't look that hard. His, his, it was very Shane-esque. Like his shoes had ties and then, a, and then Velcro at the top. Look at you. I, Dude, see, I, I think this boy's Did they jerk. light I'm, up? I'm super. Look at good. you. So it, full disclosure, like even when I'm walking, I'll look at, every little bit of scenery just because in case something jumps off i like want to know and i'm dumb right like in this case you get kidnapped you're like i was at the, the third the, branch the, this just the in like the I, mountain lion came I used, after me i used to think I, I don't think you ever saw the show i used to think i was steve Ro- steve rogers the six million dollar man or steve uh, austin only steve rogers steve austin captain america steve austin and so sometimes like, I would try to see if anybody was in the trees or what was going on with the stream. Or, you know, we have that little creek. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why sometimes is the water flowing and sometimes it isn't? Or grass will be growing through the fence. And I'm like, did they just put this up or did that grow? Like, I do those kinds of things just to keep myself occupied. Same. right? Just Well, just sharp. And it all it's why I like that really bad show that was on television called Unforgettable. Because the detective's mm. job was, like, the whole key to the show was. Yeah, you watched this show in, like, three days. She tried to recreate these scenes that she had been before because she had a photographic memory. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, it works to my detriment, too. So, I'm, like, recall guy in a debate or an argument or, you know, like, I'll use numbers. And sometimes that annoys people when... You're having a back and forth. Like, I'll say, well, actually, you said such and such and such and such. And they're like, no, at all. You know what I mean? It's just, but it's just how <laughs> my 
my mind works. How do they? How do they say it? Know it all. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> you know, it's like, sorry, man. It's just. It's oh, just, I hear you. I get that all the time. But I, but I, but I practice. And like, the things you know are the I, things you experience. I practice like memorization. Seriously, we well, and most people don't. We played a uh, after we played Family Feud on Sunday. I'm still mad at Omar for this, but he Hales was the mm-hmm. I, I'm not, not sure. Brown, not Shane's favorite. No, so we, we're like eating, and they're like playing snippets. It was like Shazam, right? So they play like a snippet of a song, and you get to mm-hmm. raise your hand, and they did it by table. So it was like luck of the draw, right? And I I raised my hand the first couple times, and he like didn't call on me. So I'm like, man. So you had an, you took an issue with it? No, yeah, kinda. So <laughs> no, so I stopped raising my hand. But I would say the song. It didn't matter who it is. Like Shane, what are the odds they played Vanessa Carlton a thousand miles? Da-na-na-na-na-na. Oh yeah. Freaking bats. R- right away, I raised my hand, and you know, the brothers and sisters in the room are looking at me like. <laughs> But not to be outdone by and Mike, who works up. at the university. If I could fall. No, listen, not to be outdone. So there were a lot of relatives there, there, last There's there? a GA that works in the recruiting department. Brother, right? <laughs> knew, I have a brother. Knew every uh, – didn't matter if it was Jason Aldean, Kenny Chesney, Lil Dirk. He was in. Man. He dude had was, range. R- dude was raising his hand. I'm like, yeah, I think Mike's table won. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. But anyway. Well, yeah, because you kept calling on him. And I, so, again, afterwards, I'm like, we're kind of walking out, and we had to take pictures, and, and stuff jumped off. And so I go over to Omar. I'm like, hey, man, can you not see? Like, what was going on in there? <laughs> and he plays like he doesn't. Oh man, what table were you at? <laughs> what, but I do like I remember those the, uh-huh. the songs, right? Like I. Well, you're I, a music. It's buff. music. Yeah, it's it was it was music. And you have, I, but I was. But it was amazing how that room, and even when we played Family Feud, I didn't get to play, but I watched. Like it kept my, mm-hmm. like I wasn't as competitive as I normally am, just because, you know, most people don't know me, man. I. I these parents would be like, man, who is this dirtbag just all in? So until, I kinda, until you hear Damon Benning, and you're like, oh, no. Yeah, Here we I, go again. I don't know, man. Nebraska's got some players because some current commits were there. and Some recruits, I'm like, all I could think about in my head, again, just me being childish, going Steve Austin. I'm like, hmm, how long will you last here? Huh, did you go to school here? Huh, would your temperament fit with – that's all I – I mean, every kid in the room, man, I'm like – And I think that's why you're such a good multitasker. To, to because if somebody everybody. starts talking to you, you can listen to what they're saying. I, I got my guy, Ryan thoughts. Terry, who kept Not me, me. – Ryan, my – Tyson's dad, like, kept me sane the whole time because he's, like, right to my right. One minute we're talking about, like, you know, kids or vacation or food or – you know, being on the smoker or whatever. <laughs> We're trying to answer music questions. I don't know, man. Like, my brain is, it's not, it's, sometimes it's just not good. So, anyway, I totally memorized what your boy was wearing. It's a short story long. Because you, you, you would be the perfect person to get kidnapped someday. Yeah. Where, where if I was, like, blindfolded and they said, hey, 
it, you'd be like 10 turns. We, we, or we made 10 total turns. Three yeah. of them were left. I we do. started at this stop sign. I, I, it was I don't ever want to be kidnapped. Before the first turn. But I do practice, like, again, seeing things and knowing where I'm at. That's why I don't sit with my back to the door in public places. I got that from my dad. You, you don't want people looking I at the back see of your head? I want to see, see who's coming in. Almost 99% of the time. So, yeah, anytime you want to get weird, come hang out with your guy. Pretty So weird. what about here at HVC? They put you up in a booth, right? Yeah. So there's so a front door here, and there's that side door, which leads out to the patio. So what side of the booth are you sitting on? So full disclosure, one time they put me back here with Jay's parents. My back was to everything, like right where that black curtain is. And I was like, eh. You're worried about somebody coming out and just grabbing you and pulling you in? I'm like, the first available table that comes open out there no you didn't ask bill this was months yeah this was a minute ago but yeah yeah i did so mm. guess where they put me right next to the window out there and i was like dang now i'm cold <laughs> you know, <it's> like, good <laughs> just, just sit there just, just the eye roll my my offensive coordinator the other day was like yeah you know a bunch of our we had they had to take some tests neuro test and he's a big time strengthening conditioning guy and he goes yeah so we went to hell varsity to eat and uh he goes these guys were like benning burger like this guy has food named after him and coach my yeah my, you're famous my my uh, no no my coach my coach goes eh, this doesn't sound like him I, so he sent me a random text he goes he goes you like lettuce question mark i have no idea where he is or what he's doing and i text him back and i go it's okay and, and that was it, right? Didn't think anything of it. So then I see him Monday at the workout. You workouts. didn't even ask, like, nope. But, why? But because he's not a small talker, mm -hmm. right? Like, I was surprised. He just. He asked a question and you answered. You, know, you think I get to the point? He does not mess around. Like, this dude is pretty black and white. So on Monday, he's like, yeah, you know, we were eating. And he goes, they had lettuce on the burger. I didn't think you liked lettuce. And I go, well, as long as it's not warm, it's okay. I think. The only reason that they put that on the menu is they got sick of listening to my particulars. So they just. They decided to put just, everything just on put your it, bun. Just put it on there <laughs> and just say, get that instead of say, could I get this? Could I get that? A little bit of lettuce, a little spice. Because it didn't exist. And I think they just got tired of taking the order. So they're like, <laughs> I know. It's no, DB, here's why they put your name You ordered on it the menu. into existence. No, 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 no. Here's why they put hey, DB's so, name so on the menu. So when Chris was making up the menu, he goes, Damon. No, that's not it. So Chris goes, he goes, what's that burger you get again? And I go, it's this, it's this, it's this. He goes, I think we're going to put that on the menu. I thought he was joking. I mean, this was like. Mean, meanwhile, I'm asking to get fries named after me because <laughs> DB gets yeah, a can, burger. Can I, can I get the Roo-Roos? That's what you should do. Or the Claire's or something like something that nobody would know. That's that's mm -hmm. that's see pain. That's too much attention. Like it should have been something. Yeah, like Ruru's rap. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like Verzal has a pizza that he won't. Nebraska has to have a winning record until before he puts. He has like a secret menu, and until Nebraska has a winning record, he's not putting it on 
the regular menu. Mm-hmm. So it's like a speakeasy, right, where you're like, hey, can I? So he has a pizza called the 2-1. But, of course, it can't. So now everybody can order it now because you just said so. No, they can't. He won't. He, Ber, do you think Verzal's giving in? <laughs> Verzal told a dude a couple weeks ago to sit down. He'd get to him when he got to him. Whoa. Oh, God is my witness. Not a friend? Hey, listen, the guy looked at, I swear, he's going to be so mad. He actually doesn't care. The dude sat down, right? And it's, it's, it's about to be busy. It's like 11.04, right? I'm trying to leave. Stopped in right after the, the show. And the, the guy's like him hawing around. I take it he's a regular, and, and Maddie goes, look, 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 pal. You're not the only one in here. It's a, it's a lot going on. Got Coke products, water. Like, wh- what are we doing? And the dude kept thinking, and Matt went to the next table. I said, oh, that's what we're on. <laughs> I, I'm telling yeah, you, man. What are you man. in the mood for when you walked in? Dude. Most of the time, it's water. You but, can but, just, just but it, it is, safe. So, But real talk, though. It is annoying when you go to a place you've been to, and you act like they're serving something different. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's say you have a range of like four or five things. Pick one. Are we talking pizza or soda? Those people that look at the menu. Soda's tough, though. Oh, stop. It What's is. What's tough about it? Because Wait. if you're a Pepsi guy and you go someplace and it's all Coke products and you sit but, there but, and you, you, you no, hem no, no. all around. You're missing it. You hem DB, all around. DB but, but said I, that he's been there before. But, so but, you and that's Coke true. Products. That's the only way I could imagine how you would talk to him like that. No, I, that's just how Verz. D- there's some truth to that. I, I need, I need, I need to get. But clarity it has on. to be a friend. Not, no, like, it, like a friend it, of it the d- business. It did not come off like that. Really? No, it did not come. What off if it was like just some like old dude that loved the offensive line back in the '90s and so Matt Verz always so his, his favorite, his, and now he's not. His favorite, or probably, probably like, one of his care. number one customers. The guy's in there every time I'm in there. He's older, and they have the exact same temperament, so they get along. It, they're the same. What's t- what's so hard about pop? Like, you you drink Dr Pepper, you drink Coke, you drink like. And what if you, and what if you are just a Coke fan and it is Coke, but they're out if of you're a Coke fan, do you drink Pepsi products? And and let's say they're out of the one Coke product that you like. I mean, then you would him haw. Get water. Them. What if you don't like water? Right, what if Shane, there's only Shane, one Shane, thing then, that you then, like? Then get out, Shane. Let's role play. <laughs> then get out, Shane. Let's role play here. We serve Coke products. What do you want? Mm, yeah. I don't even I don't even know the difference, so I don't even know why I'm talking. But like, what 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 soda are you choosing out of Coke products? I don't know because I've had Mr. Pibb's Which ones sucks. are the Coke products? So it's Pib, Dr. Pepper, right? One's Coke, one's Pepsi. It's uh, Pib, Sprite, Sierra Mist, Dr. stuff Pepper like that. Dr. Pepper is Sprite, its own thing. Diet Coke, but Coke, Cherry it's Coke. Normally on Coke. I machines. would probably go Cherry Coke. But then who holds who has cherry Coke in their fountain? It's Coke. It's Sierra Mist or not Sierra Mist anymore. It's Starry. Yeah, you but get, that's Pepsi. You get so Coke and you get Grenadine. You're 49 years old and you're ordering cherry Coke. You get Coke and you get Grenadine. Yeah, because I don't like Coke products. Coke products suck. Hey, wow, hey, DB. Wow, wow. I hate Coke products. Hey, do you mind getting me a Coke? But if you go over to the bar, <laughs> can you put some Grenadine in there for me? See, that's why I confused you with my neighbor. Grenadine. You are a child. What are you making, Shirley Temples? I don't know. Your mom usually makes them for me. Yeah, and I'm sure they're go. dang good. Yeah, I knew, Always I knew he was getting fired good. up. Uh, it's okay, Shane. Shane. go paint my shed. <laughs> Will your mom help? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, 
This man. probably shouldn't get any easier. Shane, let's go to Michigan Lance early in the morning. Lance, good hey, morning, Lance, what's man. Up, man. What's up? Man, good morning, boys. Hey, so you on your little recruit visit deal, right, DB? Sure. And so, and, and I'm not being funny here, man. This is serious because you're putting, you know, you're, you're entrusting your kids to go to somebody that's that's recruiting them, right? Correct. So did any, did any parents have any questions about hazing and Northwestern? Like, did any of that conversation no. come up? No, it wasn't. Really? Re- it wasn't really like a a super open Q and A forum. There were just things to do. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Why? Um, do do you, do you think people want to? I don't know if people care enough about that kind of stuff. To be honest. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you like because me and my wife played college sports, and and, and we knows what goes on, and and so we know there's those types of things out there, like. There are schools that she has non-negotiables on, like, because of certain things they've done in the past. Where she's like, you know what? Nah, we're, you know, don't know if that's going to happen. But if it does, if it's the last college on earth, we're good. You know, she's like, nah, we're not doing that. So I was just wondering, like, you, I, I would hope people would ask more you know, get involved into what, that type so of what, so what? So what's the question look like? Like, do you guys have – Naked car washes, like what? Like man, no. I'm. Just, hey, how are you? How are you phrasing? How are you phrasing the question? Well, I, w- I would say, hey, what is your policy on hazing? Okay, okay. And nice, you, simple, generic. You yeah. know, hey, well, if, if you do do hazing, what does it look like? Like, I'm not opposed to hazing. No one's gonna but, admit they do hazing, though. Right. Yeah. That, that, right. So then, that's why you say, hey, what do you do about it? Okay. You know what I mean? Because if it happens, then what? You know, so you might – I understand you go say, hey, I'm not going to tell you, hey, we do this, this, and that. Okay, but what happens if it does? What is your your policy? Well, I'm sure – certain things. Yeah, you'll get the – you'll get the – we have a strict no hazing policy. I mean, you're going to – It's going to be the same answer across the board. I don't know. I would would hope – Nah, because it just depends on where people. I feel like are. that's more of a small circles question. Yeah, like yeah. oh, I talk about it here with this group of people or or there, but I don't really ask that question in front of a big audience. Yeah, I mean because because I'm sure Rule dealt with some questions at Baylor, like you know about. Oh yeah, well, well, that was fresh off of so, For sure. Uh, well, it doesn't listen, man. It doesn't matter when, where that. I mean, it's just I, I'm sure people have those conversations. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm sure somebody can have a question. I would ask about Baylor now. Like, hey, what? Hey, what have y'all? What have y'all changed to? You know, what I mean. So you know, you know oh, what, you know, you, you know what, what you know what's funny about that is he's starting to let his track record speak for itself because he he's he's wetting in the sandbox early, right? Like you, he's marking his territory. Oh, yeah. You've had players yeah. sent home. You've had a yep. couple dismissed. You've had a coach. That fell under zero tolerance. You kind of get an idea on what you're dealing with. Most definitely, most definitely. And you know, I I, I think Trev plays a part in that too because he set a foundation on, hey, this is what the program's gonna be. You know what I mean? I think it's a like everybody's on the same page. Like right when that, Trev Trev I mean, would say things like. No person is bigger than the university. The student athletes yeah, come exactly. first. We want a we it, it, want a culture of safety. Yeah, he's right. That's a good point. Like, 
But I do think that's why this is the best combination. And I don't know how it's going to, again, translate into wins. But this is the best combination of head coaching prowess and administrative leadership that they've had in over 20 years. Mm -hmm. Like if if you're pairing the two. If, and if you have eyes and ears and you pay attention, you can see that. Yeah. No, no question. Lance, appreciate the call, man. Jack, stick around. We'll stay, we will stay get right to there. you right out of the break. More CNC coming your way. Got a great show ahead. Mitch Sherman, the first guest on the docket at 8 o'clock. We'll set up the rest of the show when we come back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, welcome back. Coffee and cream, 590 ESPN Radio in Omaha, live on Twitter, live on YouTube, and live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. Happy to see everybody joining in via the chat room on YouTube. Happy to get phone calls, 888-638-4876. We love talking with you guys out there. Mitch Sherman coming your way at 8 o'clock. Brian Edwards at 845, and Michael Brunts on or I should say in the hole at 9 o'clock. We have the sports six-pack later on in the show as well. Did, did we just lose him, Shane? Yeah, he dropped off. Jack, where'd you go? Come back, Jack. Or is it Shane? Uh, Bruncey was rocking an Orioles hat at practice the other oh, day. Oh, he disbanded from the A's yeah, I don't, to, to now root for a team in first place. He, huh? sa- he said something funny, but I couldn't exactly remember the why. Wait, he wore an Orioles hat to Nebraska practice yeah was he one of the only people there wearing a like team hat uh i didn't uh because like that's noticeable when you're wearing another yeah so i only talked to a few people like i i said hello to brady i said hello to sip i said hello to gas can or sean callahan uh Bruncey, BC. Yeah, probably, but I didn't look, really. Bruncey's was prominent because the top was white. Got it. Okay. So it kind of, hello. So it kind of stuck out. And Drew go, attention. Is that the way it sounded? Yeah. And you said? That's what I said. Yeah, but I he think, ran up there. I think I did say hello, friend. Or I said, I said, Bruncey. You know, he's just, he's just real. You're like Forrest Gump surviving the storms, and you come back on your boat, and you're like, so, and you never know, like, in those settings, like, are you supposed to, like, stop and talk or are you trying to maximize their 30 minutes? That's what I am always very – because mm. I want to be – I want to be yeah. respectful I want to be respectful of their time, too, and the short don't want to waste their time. Like, no, but – They're like, dude, go somewhere. Like, stop making small talk. I feel like small talk in that way can turn out to be something good, though, because you see the game. Yeah, but they're not asking they me my opinion. Though. No, but it, even if it just kind of pops up, you're standing in front of, we'll just say, Coach Coop working with, 
you know, the secondary. And th- you're just having a conversation, and then you see something out of the corner of your eye. Yeah. Now you both just start talking about yeah, that. And it, a conversation can spark in a good way uh, just from that initial small talk right, conversation. So, so from here on out, I'm just going to be like, hey, hey, give me 10 of your 30 minutes. <laughs> now they'd be like, I'm a talker. I don't, I don't like being there and just being quiet. Oh, hey. I, I, bet, I didn't talk to almost anybody except for, well, Brand, obviously. Shafe actually made a comment when I did it. We I hopped on his podcast on Tuesday. He's like, you know, one of the first times that I was like got to really know you was when you introduce yourself at practice, like when you talk. Yeah, when you, you go do, up to you people. Do, you do ask. You're very inquisitive. So I'm just. Well, first I wanted to thank him and everybody else for coming on our show every day. Yeah. Or every week, That's I cool. should say. Uh, but glad secondly, some, I wanted glad somebody has. Some well, and secondly, I just wanted has to. Has some people's skills between us. <laughs> I just wanted to get to know these people and let them get to know me because no one knew me. Getting to know you. I don't know. I want to get to know Jack. Know. All right, let's talk to Jack. Shane, pot him up. Jack, good morning. Welcome to the show. We appreciate you calling us back. You bet. No problem. Uh, question. Oh, well, first off, I want to congratulate Damon on his interview with Coach Rule. That was outstanding. Oh, I appreciate and, that, Jack. Uh, Thank I you. Was, that was truly outstanding work. Thank you. Secondly, all you read about on uh, social media, and I don't, I'm not a big ESPN guy, but I did pull up their website and do some reading this morning yeah. on uh, more Big Ten expansion. Uh-huh. Everywhere you read. Everywhere you read, it's going to be this team that, you know, we're going from Washington, Oregon, North Carolina, Clemson to Florida State, to all over the place. To Cal, to Stanford. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't think they move the needle. That, they just don't move the needle financially. And, and I don't think the other schools are going to let uh, teams in that could hold their games in, in high school football stadiums for the attendance they get to, to, to draw money away from the existing teams. It's going to have to be people that – Move the move the needle financially. Mm. That's number one. And who could that possibly be? I'm going to hang up and see what you guys thought. Hey, Jack, can I ask you a quick question? Sure. You, you have a fantastic accent. What part of the country are you from? Well, I've been in Nebraska since 1972, but I'm originally from Texas. All, All right. right, I appreciate that. <laughs> There's a little bit and of. I can't. I can't. I, I, I can't lose it, man. Listen, just, it just doesn't go away. My mom is from Houston. She's the same way. That's why I asked. Appreciate the call, Jack. Thanks, Jack. Uh, interesting question. I am. I'm. I'm dying on this hill. And anybody that's ever listened to me the last three years knows exactly the two teams that I'm going to say because I called my shot a long time ago in 2021, going into 2022. The only two teams I feel comfortable saying, "Yep," are. Washington, and Oregon. Mm-hmm. I've, I've said that from the jump. Those were my non-negotiables. But here's the funny thing. It's probably the favorite. Those are the only two, like, where I would, like, put, put, your, put Shane's money down. So $7 that Washington and Oregon are <laughs> coming to the Big Ten. I'll add $1. I oh, wish I had $7. Me too, by the way. Um, you spend it all on soda coming in. Sure does. Like the grocery sack? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Here's th- so we, we have to be missing something. Okay? Because this is the – so the low-hanging fruit, Drew Down, is this. They have to bring something to the table financially. I don't believe that to be the case. I know that – because you have to – so 
let's say a, a television deal going forward nets you ten more dollars per team than it did before. You probably do that deal. So I, I say all that to say if the if the next negotiating rounds and you have this to the market, and let's say if if you're if you're getting 80 mil for 18 teams and you get 92 mil or 94 mil for 20 teams, you're not, you're not increasing equally by adding teams, but the piece of the pie is big enough where I don't believe you're telling a school no that enhances your conference portfolio by just simply being in the conference. I say all that to say it's not going to be all about the enhancement. Some of it will be about travel, right? Some of it will be about keeping the inventory in-house. It's not because if it were about who could get you more dollars by coming to the conference, there'd be like three teams moving. But yet we still see t the I think the end game here is you're playing the long game, people. You're playing the long game. You want as attractive a, a big conference mm -hmm. as you can have. And when the dust settles in about three years or four years and those TV right deals come up again, you want to have the you most be the desired one. You want to have the most attractive conference. Mm -hmm. Do, don't count the short nickels. Count the long, slow dimes. That – that's what I. Mm -hmm. That's what I believe. Because, and I and I'm only saying that because if it was about who who adds to the pie, n nobody's. There are very few teams that are coming. How many Notre Dames are out there? Right. Even FSU and Clemson. It's not like. It's not like ooh, you know, money revenue, right? But remember when I got to pick the four teams yesterday, I stayed on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, I, did. I I didn't want to dabble and in the AC. Did you toss Notre Dame in too? I did, if you got the first four, because I get it. Right, Cal broke, broke. You have to subsidize them for a little bit. Okay, Stanford. For the conference, you still have to have other teams to compete against in some of your other Olympic sports. And you know, if I'm in rowing or crew mm -hmm. or, and I get it. Right, oh, you're not. But you also don't want to have to pay for that travel to go elsewhere for those sports programs to drop either. So you have to have – we got to think bigger than just the almighty dollar. Now, the almighty dollar drives it, but I don't think anybody's splitting hairs between if you're going to pay me $28 million a year versus if you're going to pay me 30 I, I just – I think they're looking at the, I, mm -hmm. I think they're looking at the total dollar figure relative to their competition, and you want the most attractive. And away conference. from financials, if you add a couple of those Pac-12 teams, academics matters too. Yeah, and you want four in the pod. It, it, it matter. It, it, it's it's gonna um, help. It's gonna help your travel. My question I mean, though is, Ru Rutgers is traveling 6,100 mm -hmm. miles in total this year to play football. 
My question is, how, how big is too big? Like, that's really what we need to settle on eventually. It appears because to the be, Big it Ten is going to be first. It appears to be 20. Well, they're going to be first to, to have a chance of getting to 20. But if we're going to keep just tossing around, like, the teams in the ACC, the Notre Dames of the world, and the rest the, of the past 12. Stanford, don't, don't get it twisted. Stanford's going to come with Cal. But Stanford also make it very appealing to Notre Dame as well. Whether Notre Dame joins the conference or not, mm -hmm. you could get on at least four or five games on the Big Ten schedule. We'll push off more of this conversation remember Michigan is there after too. we talk to Mitch Sherman next. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, welcome back, Coffee and Cream. I got my times mixed up. I thought it was already eight. That's how early it is. I, I can't read. I said Mitch Sherman coming up next. No, he's not. Now he's coming up next. <laughs> he's I'm coming up next, at eight o'clock. The next segment. <laughs> that is correct. I give or take 14 That's right. minutes. You know what? The brain. Next just, hour. No. Next hour. You're still mad, aren't you? The next top of the hour. You're mad. This dude went and Googled Dr. Pepper's. Company. I didn't Google it. I just read it off my 7-Up uh, bottle. And what did it say again? It said Dr. Pepper 7-Up INC. Wow. INC? That's exactly what Inc, it said. Ink, baby, ink. <laughs> yeah, wow. incorporated. I, I assume it's incorporated. It did. It said, it said Dr. Pepper slash 7-Up INC. INC, yeah. Yep. Shane, you're fantastic. Uh, well, I know, right? And our I get told that all the time. In our YouTube page comment section, which should be sponsored by, let's say, Dr. Pepper 7 Up. Nope. Nope. Not uh, that. I don't know. Somebody like Adam Cockrell, like Coley Jessen, or somebody like that. I don't yeah. know. It sounds good to me. Wink, wink. Uh, my man, uh, oh, college football professor. Hey, he's Adam. chiming in. See, he's he, he's a smart man. He gets well, especially it. when it comes to teams and expansion. Like this uh, is his because baby. because you got to see you got to see big picture, mm -hmm. right? He says if Stanford and Cal are added, it's not for football reasons. It's for research co-op possibilities on the academic side. Those schools' research dollars dwarf most others. Adam, that is one hundred percent correct. Astute. You you have to kind of think. And it's like it's almost like everybody gets the same talking point, but you need to listen to like the John Orans or the like. It's not, and I love the fans because the fans are typically nice to me, but and they make the world go round. But the 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 short narrow sided perspective sometimes it it drives me up the wall. Just just like again yesterday. Do you know how? I don't know if you know this. I don't know most things, so. But apparently, Miles Farmer wasn't a good football player. <laughs> he this and this is we, what's funny. We have yet to even talk about. No, this. this is what's funny though. Okay, this allowed me to get on. I'm an Irish Spring guy, although currently I'm rocking a little a big blocky bar from Bath and Body. I don't know the scent. It's like caramel colored. But anyway, <laughs> here's the deal. And why do I don't understand? why fans do this and maybe it's because they get a pass but you know i hate that right it's like the whole oh, the sick man gets caught well that's because we say it like we speak it into existence 
well, you know, fans are going to fan. Because you let them off the hook, right? Like, if if they know how ludicrous it sounds, maybe they'll stop saying it, even though it's, well, fan is short for a fanatic. So, and, and when a guy's not ours, when he leaves, he all of a sudden is not capable of getting better, right? Like, last year is exactly how he's going to be this year. But the other 98% of the guys were banking on the fact that they get better. Oh, man. I, I sure was mad at Ty Robinson last year. But oh, this year under rule, he's going to be fantastic. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you. He runs good. He, he looks run, good. Run, run stopper, man. Hey, I know that guy didn't play at this school. But, man, under this staff, the development, pencil him in. He's going to be the dude. It doesn't. It's that easy to do. It's that easy to get excited That cannot about. be the case. So if Miles Farmer, you didn't like something he did last year, and even though he was what like top three in tackling, he's still—he's uh, the one two. guy. He's the one guy that if he came back this year would be the exact same player. D does that even make sense? No, that's why the door swings both ways. Sounds like fandom to me. Does that? But what? So who do you Sometimes think? Sometimes they don't realize what they're saying. Who though. do you think really believes that? All the other guys could get better from a year ago, but not the guys that are leaving. They're just terrible, right? That it, sounds about right. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, pretty much so. I'm like, yeah, okay. That guy wasn't very good this year, but, man, we sure do have him penciled in. If he just, and if they tweak, and if but they see, can just unlock. But see, if he pops out of the transfer portal and he says, I want to come back to, nah, to nah, Nebraska, nah, now he's going to be. I don't know, man. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. You know where I'm going. I don't know if they'll let you back. you got to be no. like a really good guy, like a quarterback. And you ha you had to have taken your lumps for three years mm -hmm. or four years if a team would leave the door open for you mm -hmm. to come back and the fans would yeah, embrace I'll, it. But that just drives – and listen, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be well, some I people. Mean, different they're going like, to be like, man, that damn DB, that's why I said your kid sucks. Because I tell you things that I think if they hurt your feelings, I'm probably talking to you. Just because he's not on your team or she's not on your team, that all of a sudden means they can't be people that get better. Mm-hmm. But everybody else that's still on the team can, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, For sure. See, Jeff Sims, do you know who we don't do that with? We don't do that with Jeff Sims. Mm -hmm. What if Jeff Sims is the exact same player he was last year? Yep. Not really. You guys are mad. <laughs> You're mad. But guess what? Oh, man, if, it, listen, if Jeff Sims could just be in the, in the top half of the tier in the Big Ten, man, woo-wee. Big body, big target. Yeah, big body, big target, Mr. I mean, Arik Gilbert. The majority of we're, this like, team we're, we're cooking in the top with, half of the Big Ten. We're, we're cooking with oil, right? But the guys that leave, oh, man, they were this last year. They're going to be this anyway. <laughs> I'm just going to fan. It doesn't even sound right. Not it's really. so <laughs> hypocritical, and we give it a pass. Because they're, we say, oh, man, that's just fans. No, oh, man, it's just dumb. <laughs> There's just no other way around it, right? We're expecting Gabe Ur Hey, man, Gabe Irvin. And you're talking to a fan. <laughs> oh, Gabe Irvin, man, if he, whoo, I know I didn't see it last year, but this year, man, under this tutelage, or, you know, Anthony Grant, oh, I know, man, but this year under this, Farmer, oh, man. He sucked last year. <laughs> Second leading tackler. He did that being sorry. Man, you, you, you seem like you had a little Clinton in your blood you right now. Be, he did that. He was sorry.
Because <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like you're breaking down what we just had broke down. Watched oh, the, Coach we watched the breakdown <laughs> yeah. during yeah, the break. Yeah, yeah, you're you're yeah. coming at it now like with a little energy, and then you're calming it back down. Because I, I think the coming at it with energy, we bring it back to uh, planet Earth. I think the answer is easy. Would the yeah. coaches prefer that he stay, or or that he goes? I believe the coaches would prefer he stays. Now is it? The, but and now you can They're say not going to and wait. you can say that without it being the end of the world. Mm, they're not right? going to wait because that's what people want to caution you about. Because when we talk to people, it's either a one or it's a ten. There's zero middle ground. So it's like, oh, no, it, not, no big, not a big deal, not a big deal, man. It's fine. It, not not a break, not a great loss. So we demean the players that are losing. It can it cannot be a big a huge deal, and you still not have to pee on the guy on his way out, mm -hmm. right? Because uh, he's capable of being a pretty good player, right? Like, it's like – but it's – and it's not just a farmer thing. It's why do – why do we anticipate the best-case scenario with everybody else that is left? And they might not have been very good last year either, but that guy's going to stay the exact same because it fits our narrative. Well, when, he, a, when Adrian Martinez left – and I wasn't here for conversations like this, was the result the same? Oh, yeah, 100%. So uh, here's what I think. I, for one, I, I'll never tell a fan how to fan because if they want to be optimistic about whatever they want to be optimistic about, they can, whether they're, they're wrong, whether they're right. Fan how you want to. But until they see that person then perform, because once Adrian Martinez started to play really well at K-State, what were all the conversations like? Oh, see, he he was always really good. He was always really good. I'm telling you, like if he was still here, oh, he was he was good. I, I just, and oh, if he could just stay healthy, oh, Adrian Martinez. I, I just think it's like, I don't know, man. Just pull back and like just listen for a second. Like just hear what you're saying. Right? It, it's I I don't know. I don't know why it bugs me so much, except for the fact that. Like, that's why coaches coach. Like, they're in the development business. And if – For sure. If you have to correct it – you know, it's funny. There, there's, like, all sorts of life analogies. How many times, like, in your household, can you tell somebody to correct a behavior before it aggravates you? I would say the third time it would aggravate so That's me. not a very big number, is it? Mm -mm. Try coaching. Try coaching. You're correcting behaviors and protocol all the time. You're constantly critiquing performance. Constantly. And in our own households, we're pissed after the fourth time. Hey, Tim, can you, do you have to leave your shoes in front of the, the door? Oh, man, Amy, you just told me that yesterday. Tim, I, well, then, then, then fix it. Day seven. <sighs> you sling Tim's shoes in the <laughs> Tim's looking at Amy. Man, ain't this why she have to be like that? That's like the third time that Tim's left his shoes in front of the door. Uh -huh. Try coaching. Are you gonna leave that dude? You just you're not gonna try to correct the behavior? You you tell your kid something seventeen times and you're pissed after the third. Mm -hmm. But why do you keep telling them if you feel like they can't get better? Because you know that that behavior. You just like bitching and moaning. No, you you know the behavior yeah, can yeah, be corrected. Yeah, try coaching. 
<laughs> right? Like, why do you why do you leave his shoes under the door? Because he's lazy. <laughs> I'm so sick of shame this morning. <laughs> I just it's like, do we is this not a practical application of our own life? We're it, we're mad. Are. We're frustrated if we have to tell somebody the same time same thing. Two, three times. Maybe his shoes I, were wet. I've told I don't you know. three times. That's like three. Leave them outside That's then, only Shane. It. Try three days of practice how many times you got to correct somebody. Mm-hmm. But, hey, man, take tough it out. <laughs> tough it out. Hang Marty. in there. You got to be able to take it. You got 100 players. It's going to happen. We'll pout go close the door in our own house. And that's with somebody you love. Bunch of hypocrites. Cut it out. Maybe the shoes were wet. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, way to stand up for Tim there, Shane. And Amy. <laughs> Whoever they are. All right, now we'll talk to Mitch Sherman next. <laughs> Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. The Go Big Project, the facility that was being built was started, you know, obviously by the previous regime, is, I think, a game changer. Um, you might have heard me say this before, but when my when my wife walked through it for the first time, you know, she's been in a lot of football facilities. She walked into my office and she's like, you better win some dang games because you got no excuses. I mean, it's it's beautiful. Hey, top of the hour on coffee and cream in the morning on 590 ESPN Radio, live on Twitter, live on YouTube. DB, Andrew Rogers, happy to have you with us and happy to be joined by Mitch Sherman via StreamYard. If you are watching at home, catch him on YouTube or, uh, like I said, live on Twitter. There's Mitch now. Mitch, good morning. Good morning, guys. Money How's Mitch, it going? What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Mitch, I'm before, before DB gets into his questions here, he told me something during the break Did that I? I could not believe. And I need, I need it from the source. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. Apparently at Fan Day, Mitch Sherman was dressed to the nines. Was that true? The the family was in Husker gear. <laughs> He's not a very good listener, Andrew. But yeah, it Andrew was no, 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 no. Not the. It was not my family. That was my neighbor. Oh, that was my neighbor. Okay. That was my neighbor Aaron and his and his uh, his son Damon. Um, Wait, his are, son is uh, Damon. Damon, yeah. Go check my Twitter. Go check, check my Twitter. So from, let's get uh, Sherman. Let's go. Let's. Now I'm disappointed. I thought from... I thought you were saying it was Mitch. No, I. Yeah. So. So I miss okay, her. my kids. My kids not were there, smart. Damon. I know um, that. But you did not see them because when uh, when I was parking and got out of the car, I dropped them off, and they got in line. Well, I I, and, I uh, saw the I saw your middle son, and what when I was coming through, the, mm-hmm. it was still not. It wasn't your middle son. So I saw he's the he's the hooper. Yeah. So he's the hooper that I saw at UBT. Okay, was that? Yeah, yeah. He was Zach. He was there. Yeah, with his with his with um, my daughter, his older sister. There it is. Um, but they were in line when I saw you in the parking lot, and I was getting out of my car with some good friends who absolutely were dressed to the nines. The Not boom, just the, the boombox, but you saw you saw the you saw the bump box, right? <laughs> okay, so, so it was yeah. friends of the Shermans. <laughs> Got it. That yeah, thing, that thing was no. Awesome. Go check. Go check it out um, on my on my Twitter. I I, I retweeted. Um, my man Damon, um, who, your other, uh, your other, your other you. guy, That's right, crazy. right, Damon, my thirteen-year-old bud, Damon, <laughs> who got to meet Matt Rule um, as one of the lucky four hundred, uh, and so he won the drawing, 
or yeah, it was a drawing, well, I mean, right? He didn't, there were a lot of there were a bunch of winners, but yeah, he got he got picked to go see coach and upstairs. You know, you couldn't even see it from on the field. They had uh, they had Matt Rule's um, the backdrop, so the fans who were down on the field could not see that that the head coach was up there on the balcony because he was he was behind a, a big set. And then all of the kids who got who won the lottery and got picked were were up there with him. That is cool. And you know, like like Matt Rule said, uh, as he left Big Ten Media Days, his only disappointment about the upcoming Fan Day was that he didn't get to meet everybody, and that he you know he they only had time for him. It was a big recruiting weekend, as you know, and camp was starting the next day, so he had a limited amount of time. They had 400 kids who got to meet him, and and my my guy Damon was one of them. And there is a picture that, uh, that he posted. And then I retweeted on, um, I think Tuesday night, it took him a couple days to, uh, to get the, uh, get the, um, courage to go and post that picture. But, um, <laughs> he's awesome, man. He's, uh, he's Gretna's Gretna's biggest, biggest fan. Um, you know, we could, we could do an I thought that was, I thought that was Dirk I mean, Chatlin and Mitch Sherman. Absolute gold. Yeah, no, I was not. Was not was, Dirk was not involved in that. Well, Gretna's biggest fan. Right? Yeah, I was wondering. We yeah. were talking as as we were walking up toward the Hawks, like about how what what must uh, what must Damon uh, Benning, what must the other Damon, what must you have thought of that as you saw? Us I was class, great question. I was deathly afraid. So at like two forty, this is so funny. I feel like Mitch has my phone tapped. At like two forty. I'm trying to corral everybody because I'm looking for an escape route, right? And I, mm-hmm. when I looked at the clock, I was like, oh, it's over. I, I'm like, they had to start it to get there at what time? Probably 12, 12, 12.30? So I knew we were, lined up, yeah. Yeah, we were just going to have to kind of walk through it. But I couldn't believe how they stack the day. You know how they don't like to waste time? Because, you know, we got mm-hmm. there at like 9.30, 9.45. The the barbecue went all the way up until three. Now the coaches are involved, obviously, so they're gonna they're running down after you get the facility tours, and they're getting ready for fan day with with zero break. And I guarantee you, their day started before our day. I just couldn't believe how they just don't have any wasted downtime in a in a fifteen eighteen hour day. Yeah, I ran into Dr. Elza out on the field. And, oh, she you know, was a she mile was, a minute. She needed about she needed to clone herself about five times last weekend. <laughs> and fortunately, she's got they have some some people working in the in the department. She's she actually is cloning herself and and and, and training some people to be uh, in in those administrative positions and do the do the things that she does. But it was you know she was looking forward at that point. She told me to Monday when practice started because as hectic as that is. And, you know, you're then you're dealing with 120 players. Um, it was it was going to be a uh, a reduction in pace from everything that was going on mm. that weekend in those few days leading up to the open at camp. Well, can't wait for practice. So this thing slows down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, how does that that doesn't need? But I I she was probably the second face that I saw at practice. And she was all the way down in the what would be the easternmost corner of the double grass field just walking kind of the facility to make sure i'm not sure what she was checking on it looked like she was like doing agronomy like she wanted to make sure 
that everything was everything with the setups on the field. That grass is fantastic. She, yeah, she has she has earned her her uh, her salary this summer, this off season, but especially this summer leading up to the open at camp. And 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 and, and Coach Rule mentioned on Monday that she had not taken a day off this summer. Mm. So you want to you want to start to think about like where that operation begins um, from a logistical and administrative standpoint. It's right there. And you see how important that hire was for him to get right, because, you know, everything that that before it gets to his desk, you know, all of the things that he's got to do, the responsibilities that he has outside of coaching football. And there are a lot of them when you're the Nebraska coach, you know, they go through her. And, you know, they seem to be managing it pretty well, especially for someone who's never been in that position before. Yeah. Mitch, we just got done talking about Miles Farmer a little bit. And, um, you know, I think it was pretty easy to catch on to after hearing Coach Rule speak on Monday that there was some disappointment there with with Miles. And, um, you know, we we kind of alluded that this could be, you know, what had come to be right you know him and okay. en- ending up in the transfer portal who's a guy do you think though that could take advantage of this situation and step up in his place on this team maybe not a starter in week one but just somebody that could really take advantage of that open opportunity uh well i'd look at Corey collier the transfer from florida i'd look at omar brown um the transfer two years ago from northern iowa who um, eased into things last year, dealt with some injuries and, you know, has by all accounts had a, a very good off season, you know, even before any of this began with, with miles, you know, I'd look at Isaac Gifford, who I think was already, uh, entrenched and, you know, he's been a starter, but now he's in a position to be play an even bigger role. I think farmer, if, if he had been around, um, you know, it was to be determined whether he was going to be a Rover or, or stay at, at safety. Yep. Um, now Isaac is, is that guy at safety. Um, I think undoubtedly, you know, there's other players at that position. You, you have Gage Stinger, you have Javen Wright, you know, it, really interesting to hear um, Tony White mentioned the other day that Eric Fields is playing. Rover. At the, um, I, I think I, that's where farmer was going to go. He fields is yeah, the guy that I yeah. think could benefit the most from farmer's departure. Yeah. And you know, the funny thing about Eric Fields and, and I was in Ardmore, Oklahoma back in, in, um, Oh, early March, late February, when I went to Texas to do the story. We, we about talked about Rattles. my love fest for him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Fields is Fields is a linebacker. Like his mentality about football, it's all linebacker. In yeah. fact, there were schools that wanted to get in recruiting him, and he rebuffed them because they were looking at him as a safety. Mm-hmm. So I think it tells you the fact that here we are in the first week of camp, and he's playing Rover at Nebraska or at least, you know, dabbling with that. Um, you know, White said they're, they're moving him around, but the Rover was the first spot that he mentioned. I think it tells you something about how they see that position. You know, it's more, it's, it's a hybrid spot, and it, it always has been. But I think in the Big Ten with this defense, it's going to be more like another linebacker than it is like another defensive back. So if you have Eric Fields there, because of the mentality that he has, and he's got the speed, he probably has the speed to play corner, but – um, maybe not, but but certainly safety, um, athleticism to play as a defensive back. But he, you know his his brain is wired to be a linebacker, and to me that says something about what they're going to use that rover spot for. I know you're playing. you're you're going to laugh, but if early indications are anything, you know a guy mm-hmm. that I think stands to really make a move. 
He looks fantastic. He was almost kind of left for dead with the with the previous staff. He gets a new set of eyes and a new frame. TH? Deshaun Singleton mm. is a guy yeah. that he's not on anybody's radar. Yeah. But he's definitely a guy that I'm like, I'm just watching him move and his body type. He's trim. He's long. Singleton could have an impact before it's all said and done. And he's a guy we pretty much all but forgot about. Yeah, we heard from him in the spring. And I think I remember thinking in the spring when he came out to do interviews that that was a a surprising choice good, of the staff to call, send yep. and, and, and talk to the media. And, you know, usually that's an indication. Like when you see Ruquan Buckley and Blaze Gunnarsson um, on the first day that there's defensive players um, available to talk here in, in camp, and those two guys are among the, 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 the four that they pick. Um, you know, that says something about what the coaches think there. And, you know, it may not mean anything when um, when September rolls around, but it, it but it very well could. And, and you know, that was the case with Singleton back in in the spring. I think they liked what he was doing. And he's just he's another piece there. You know, maybe he is 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 the one that emerges or one of the guy that emerges. If if there was a spot on this entire team where they could afford to lose somebody as accomplished and experienced as Miles Farmer, it's probably right there um, in that mix within the secondary. I don't, I don't you know, you, 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 you never want that. Or, of course, it goes without saying, it's, it's a bad thing when, when, you, when you lose somebody like that, whether it's injury or suspension or portal. But um, they can withstand it uh, right there. And, and you know, it, it, it's going to present some opportunities for players like Deshaun Singleton to step up. We're talking to Mitch Sherman, Nebraska, and college football writer for The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Mitch, not only did we talk about Farmer this morning, we also talked about Big Ten expansion scenarios. Um, and the reworking of future schedules after adding USC and UCLA makes it easier to see how things could work out if the conference were to add two or four other Pac-12 schools. Fewer rivalry games, the disbanding of divisions, that's kind of why. But, you know, with the direction college football – is going in the Pac-12, is heading. Would you say the Big Ten would benefit more by increasing it by two or by four? And where would you kind of cap the number of, hey, th this is the highest that, you know, one conference could really be at? I think it just depends on what this is going to be in the end. Mm -hmm. I mean, where what's the end game here? Is it just to make college football like a um, – a version of the NFL where you got a couple of 20 team leagues or a couple of 24 team leagues. I mean, if the big 10 and the sec are going to just be these vacuums that like suck up everything else in college football and are like the major leagues of college football, um, you know, I could see it going as far as 24 teams. Um, it seems crazy. It's like, you know, obviously there's, that's, that's a higher number than what you have in the AFC and the NFC. But um, what if college football was a 48 team Super League, and then you know everybody else played at a, at a at a secondary level. And if that's the case, well, then the Big Ten, you know, it's going to be the Big Ten on one side and the SEC on the other side. And and you know I don't know where the Big Twelve fits into all of that. Some of those teams probably are going to end up defecting to one of the the two big leagues. But um, you know that's that's several steps down the road. You know I don't think we're just going to get to that overnight. Like pr probably not even here in the next few years. There's an evolution process that's been going on. You know you can go back to when when the, the the first real big round of expansion here in the modern era began and you know that was of course involving nebraska and mizzou and a&m and colorado and you know the 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 avalanche has just kind of rolled downhill since that point and here we are 
you know, I think realistically it makes more sense like in the short term for the Big Ten to add four and be at 20 than it does to say add yeah. two and go to 18. Um, you know, and I don't know them about divisions. I mean, they're just they haven't even disbanded the divisions yet. Um, we're still a year away from that. We know it's going to happen. But if you go to 20 teams in a league like the Big Ten, it's like do you have to reinstall divisions. Are you going with like four or five team divisions or two 10 teamers? I mean, just the way that you would structure a schedule in a 20 team league gets pretty unwieldy if you don't have divisions. I'm, so I don't know. Maybe they're coming back. I don't know. Kind of like kindred spirits again, which maybe is why we get along. I, I think it is all about the long game. And I was saying in the last segment, it's like the fast nickels versus the long dimes. I think ultimately it'll be some big monster. I could see maybe four leagues or three, right? Because the ACC and the Big 12 right now is sitting. If you would have asked me a year and a half ago, okay, Texas is leaving, Oklahoma's leaving, what's the Big 12? The Big 12 kind of landed on its feet relative to losing their two bell cows and it's an amazing basketball conference, uh, at least as it stands right now. I could see it being like four 20 or 22 league deals here in like 2030 or 2028 or something, and them doing it that way. And I think the vacuum thing is about is, is pretty accurate. If you're playing the long game, which I think these conferences are, with a handful of mega conferences. Yeah, they're going to have to start to do that. And I think, I mean, the commission. Especially as the NCAA weakens. Right. And and the commissioners in these leagues, and, you know, four of the five are new. Um, Sankey and the SEC is the only one of the five Power Five commissioners who's been at this for more than a few years. You know, Phillips, Jim Phillips, the former Northwestern AD who's in charge of the ACC, he's been there longer than the other three. But these other guys um, in the the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and the Big 12, you know, they're all like a year or less um, or 18 months or less into their jobs. And, and like you see, you can see this real contrast between a commissioner who is thinking big picture long term um, with Brent Yormark at the Big 12 and how that's benefited the Big 12 and set the Big 12 up to be viable, at least. And then what it's done in a place where they've not thought like that with George Klyovkov in the in the Pac-12. And it's like. You know, if this league disbanded next week, I don't think anybody would be surprised. So, um, you know, leadership is really important these days, more important than ever in in college athletics when it comes to this, uh, you know, the future and, and expansion. And, and, you know, I think based on the reports that I've heard from, you know, my coworkers at The Athletic and then getting to hear him for the first time in person last week, I think Tony Petiti um, at the Big Ten is, is you know, he's certainly positioned – and he's in, in part he's positioned because of the conference he's leading, but but also because of his skill set and his his background. Um, he's positioned to do a good job in thinking long term and big picture. You have to do that now, even if you're the Big Ten and you're in a good spot. Even if for the SEC yeah. and you're Greg Sankey, you have to think long term, big picture. What's this thing potentially going to look like ten years from now? Mitch, today we get to hear from Coach Sat, Coach Barthel, a few other offensive players. What are you still questioning about this offense heading into the season that you hope can either get answered today or at least in the next few weeks? Um, you know, I think the running backs, and I think we're going to hear more about running backs than any other position today. Um, it's probably the least uh, concern I have with any position group. You know, I want to know <laughs> maybe how um, 
they're separating things now that we get to the spring. It's, you know, now that we get past the spring, um, to, we get to get to August. And, you know, is it just like pick up where they left off from from April? Because in April it was Gabe Irvin and then kind of everybody else. You know, Anthony Grant started the spring on suspension, so he was behind. Um, but, you know, he's he's OK now. He's in good standing. So, you know, I, I'm curious with Barthel. Like, are those the two guys right there, you know, who are competing to be an every down back? And then does Ramir Johnson kind of mix into there in some specialty roles? And can he can he be a hybrid um, player in this offense? Or are all three of those, you know, guys going through an intense competition to be, um, you know, the, 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 the player that you rely on? Um, despite that and those questions I have about the running back, it's the position I have the, the least amount of um, – just concerns about right now. I really look everywhere else. You know, I want to know what's going on on the offensive line. That's it's going to just continue to be a question until they go out and prove it. Um, you know, what's happening at left tackle? Is Teddy Prohaska ready to go? Is Turner Corcoran playing that spot right now? You know, how how are they going to finally make this work for Turner Corcoran where you can put him in a spot and, and, and plan for him to be able to play that spot and stay there um, for a long term? I, I think that's that's big for him. It's big for the offensive line. You know, at receiver, is it Billy Kemp and Xavier Betts and then, you know, really everybody else? You know, that's kind of what it sounds like uh, early um, early in camp. Like those two guys are, are, are leading the way, especially with Marcus Washington coming, still coming back from, from an injury. And I think he fits in that mix too. He, he when, will. Um, when he's healthy for sure. But, um, you know, tight end, you're going to have Eric Gilbert. I mean, that's a huge question right now going into, uh, you know, as they, as they get further and further along. Uh, marching toward that that first game, which is four weeks from today. So, you know, I think you kind of have to prepare like you're not going to have him. And if you get him, then that's a huge benefit. But when are you going to find out? Because if he's a piece that's there, you know, looking at him, getting eyes on him and seeing him <laughs> on, on Sunday um, down at Fan Day, man, I mean, like I, I wrote this and and even before I, before I saw him on Sunday, but like he – you know, he's a man among boys. Like he sticks out if he walks into an, when he walks into an NFL locker room, let alone, you know, walking around um, in, in Lincoln. So um, just the ability to have him and the respect that he would command um, on uh, uh, the, the respect that a defense would have to have to show to him. Um, and he can open some things up for a lot of a lot of people. They're, they're you know, potentially loaded at that tight end spot. And then, um, you know, if you don't have him. Um, you know, we'll see on Fedoni how rusty he is. Um, it can go from a position that's super high on talent and potential to one where you're, you're, um, you know, you're not not in that position. So there's still a lot of questions. Um, you know, quarterbacks. I think the, we know what's going on there, but uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting for sure to hear from uh, from Sat today and and uh, EJ about about the running backs. It's interesting. I'm just listening to you talk. Sat was the coach that I noticed the least in terms of his sounds, but was probably the busiest in terms of his movements, right? He didn't say a ton, but he was constantly talking to guys within mm -hmm. the huddle, kind of managing the deal. He uh, he had good command. Let, let me get you out of here on, on this, Mitch. If you're talking about the tight ends, and it's a talented group, and I felt yeah. like when the season started, the coach that would be the most difficult to replace from last year's staff was Becton. I, I felt like he was the one guy that every year his players got better, 
they developed, and he had a really good rapport. And sometimes when you get a new guy, like it's just hard to match that chemistry and continuity. Do you think and, – and Coach Martin – Taking over for Wager has a is a good resume, right? D- D- Division one guy, and it's put put a couple of guys uh, in position to play in the in the league. Is that? Do you think that position is talented enough where they could make uh, just kind of a seamless transition? If I could <clears throat> convince you that Becton may be the hardest guy to replace, I agree with you on Becton, and it wasn't just his coaching; it was just the whole um, his aura, what he. You know, guys all over the team respected him. I mean, I think if if Becton had him had ambitions in his career to be a head coach, like he would have been a head coach a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but you know, he loved doing things the way that he did them, and and you know, he was loyal to UCF for for a long, long time, and and uh, this it is it's just the way his career went um, led him to be. I think just a masterful position coach. Yeah. So yeah, he's really hard to replace. Um, I, you know, I think there's enough, uh, there's enough support around Josh Martin. He knows what he's doing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. As a tight ends coach, I mean, he's did it for six or seven years already at the FBS level. So it's not going to be a problem for him to come in and have issues coaching those guys. And I think the, he was an interim at ASU in a similar in a similar deal. Yeah. yeah, and he's coached running backs, he's coached tight ends, so he knows what he's doing. And you know, he's another guy like like Garrett McGuire, um, who grew up in coaching. His dad Joe, um, longtime Texas high school football coach, you know, a leader in um, the Texas high school coaching community. Um, so he's lived around this thing, no questions at all about Josh's experience and expertise. Um, I think he knows the personnel as well as anybody on this staff does, with the exception of Rayola, who was around last year. But um, it, it, we'll see how it all comes together. You know, a lot of it's just going to depend on the availability of a guy like Gilbert and the health um, and readiness of Fedoni, who hasn't played in two years, basically. Um, you know, they like what they have in Borkerture. Uh, it, it's just going to be a work in progress. I mean, I don't think there's 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 many positions on the team where, you know, there's more like there's more there's a really wide uh, there's a really wide, like ceiling versus floor for this for this position group. It could go it could go really high, or if things don't work out, some of which is out of their control, um, you know, it's it, it might be a position that's not not a strength for them on the on the offensive side. But you know, I think it'll fall somewhere in the middle, and and it'll be a pretty good group, um, and one that you know you get Carter Nelson into the program. Um, you start the state of Nebraska just tends to produce a lot of good tight. They're never, I don't think they're ever going to be at a, at a, they're never going to have an issue finding tight ends to play in this program. Mm. Um, so that's, that's a, that's a great thing. Um, I think for this offensive system, because it's one that really wants to feature that position. They have the bodies to do it this year, whether it all comes together, you know, we're, we're going to find out uh, here pretty soon. Mitch, thanks for taking the time this morning. We appreciate it. We'll talk again in a couple of weeks. Thanks Mitch. All right, good to talk to you guys. That's Mitch Sherman. We'll take a break. More coffee and cream next. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. You know, DB, I was thinking after that interview with Mitch. What? What were you thinking? 
Well, my brain kind of goes a ton of different ways. I I had asked him like who you know who you could really see stepping up and taking advantage of the open the open opportunity now with Miles Farmer out and you know he had mentioned a few a few names. He brought up Eric Fields and then you know I think that kind of sparked your brain in a in a way to bring up Deshaun and I'm like hmm. Singleton. You bring up D. Singleton. There's no way he's on anyone's radar to be somebody this year. Uh, There's I just, no way. I, I just think I, I looked at his frame and, like, some of his testing numbers. And he's going to have to skip some guys, mm-hmm. right? But um, he's kind of a guy that didn't really have, a uh, like, a, a home and so we can, I think he was pretty overlooked. Like, I'm looking at Phil Steele's projected starting lineup, and Deshaun Singleton is back there. Oh, I, I know. I, I mean, I know what I'm saying. Like, it's going to probably um, – I, I just – I don't know. He, he, he's twitchy enough. Um, he's got is this something you saw recently? Well, they're, yeah, well, they're not very they're, – they're not very – Deep isn't the word. They have bodies, right? Mm-hmm. You could you could move a lot of bodies in the secondary. You could move, um, you know, a heart sog. You could get him off the corner, like let's say, um, and he could play that that boundary safety. You because the way the five looks, it's not just a traditional too deep. So we got to get that out of, uh, kind of out of our head, right? Somebody's getting down to the box. Some bodies are usually getting down into the box. So you need you you need to have a you need to have the ability to tackle and get down. Ask Coach White anything about his defense. About hey, what what does the secondary have to be able to do? They have to be able to tackle. It's the first thing he's going to tell you. If you can't tackle, you can't play. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at just the bodies. You're looking at like a, an Omar Brown, uh, Gifford. Uh, Collier, who can play some corner too. Like, does Hartzog play the corner? You start getting into, like, the numbers game. What do you do with Phelan Sanford? Is he a box guy? Um, There's Singleton. Like, he's, there's, there, there's he's a, there. There's a job that I think he can, he can win. Now, that rover spot is, is you have to be tough. And you've got to be able to to play in space, but it creates freedom because you're kind of like the movable chess piece. I would love to in this defense. I would like to be either the rover or the field safety because I think you're going to have the opportunity to make plays uh, on both sides. And so, um, I mean, it's low. Is that hanging. because you really don't have to? I'm not saying you don't have a responsibility. You have some freedom, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a very check friendly defense, like C H E C K, not like the Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you don't have to know everything in order to play. And I mean, duh. I mean, people are like, oh, that position's I, I, more instinct over anything else. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, Eric Field. I, I mean, we've said since the film, right? Since Eric Fields' film first came on the radar and he committed to Nebraska, anybody with a pulse was like, you know what, this guy's really good. Like, he's he was my favorite in, in the deal. Like, classic runner-hitter, mean-spirited, son of a boxer, tough. Like, 
for the most part, the first, the top four on the Super Six are all guys that could play. At least my Super Six, which was mm-hmm. um, Prince Well, Fields was two, uh, Leonard was three, and Alvano was four. Mm-hmm. Not, like, I'm not usually good at those, but those guys seem to be – this look different. Yeah. And you know what? It, it, it's telling, too, when you, you look at my list and I have three of the same four that you just listed in yeah. your top four. But that's not just us two. And and one of your guys was playing early. I was a little surprised to mm-hmm. see that Gatula wasn't with the first half of the the practice. The, I was, too. The group uh, the other day just cause he because he got so time, much time yeah. that he'd gotten in the but spring. I, I but there are, a couple of, there are a couple of guys that are on that split practice. That will have a chance to move. Right, and I sat back and thought, well, you know, Prohaska wasn't all the way back yet, so I can see why Gatula's getting God, he, a lot more looks. And he looks sensational. Um, Teddy? He's so thin. He just – I wanted to get into it with Mitch about the body types because we try not to fall in love with that. You only know when it's bad. Well, you, 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 don't, you don't know, like, if they look good, does that mean good? Mm-hmm. You just know, like, oh, God. Well, you just, find yourself wondering what version of these guys are you getting. Yeah, and, and just the, the, the body types. Just watch the guys that take the podium. Rukon, you know, mm-hmm. we talked about Buckley. Just And if he could help and you get him with – with, because now all of a sudden Buckley's got to be in the hunt without, without Brody. Mm-hmm. Law, right? It has to be. Rollins has got to be there. Um, obviously, Ty Robinson, Leonard. You need another Jack um, that can play. Jamari. You know, but, man, you talk about the first guy to get off the bus. Jamari Butler. Take Butler. You you want to get all you want an all bus team? That take, let hey Dimer, you go first. <laughs> You're like, well, what's up? <laughs> you know, it's like I, I I don't know, but but keep I, I I'm serious. Keep keep an eye on on Deshaun Singleton making a move. Mm. I know it's right now. It seems far fetched. I'm but, vaulting that, but we'll I keep an eye on it. Mm-hmm. I, plus, I, you know, you spend all day watching defense. Right. I barely. And I, by no means are you here to, you know, say a guy's name just so you can be first. Like, this is. You, I, you yeah, I r- I'd rather be right than obviously well-liked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So. If you pull this one off, I'll be, I'll be thoroughly impressed. Let's go to line one, Shane, and talk to Jordan. He has uh, some thoughts on Miles Farmer. Jordan, good morning. Hey, Andrew. How's it going, man? Good. How are you? Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> what's what, up, what's uh, up? Hey, I, I got I got a quick uh quick thought. Um I just wanna say, Damon, I, I'm totally in on your uh on your take. Like as a fan base we've <laughs> we gotta get better than like immediately minimizing contributions after, you know, someone flees the best. Or maximizing but it. They, or maximizing the other guys that are still there, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But just in the spirit of like holding up the other side playing a little devil's advocate yep. i was curious like what you uh uh what you thought about this um we haven't seen a lot of guys who are contributors or starters you know transfer out and then kind of like fall up with the exception of probably adrian and wandale um and even adrian you know kind of like was the guy we thought he was or uh once he left for k-state yeah and so i wonder if there's a little bit of like reverse logic going on here where they're like oh because he's transferring he's you know, we see people transfer and they don't usually, yep. you know, do much at their new school. And so I wonder if there's a little bit of that that's going on as we kind of like self-reassure uh, about <laughs> someone yeah. leaving the program. Yeah. Fall yeah. Camp. But, yeah. 100%. It, 
Uh, appreciate the call. Yeah, J- thanks for the call, Jordan. Jordan sounds like a pretty smart guy. Yeah, well, he, he takes a big-picture approach. And he's right, though, right? So I do think – shoot, he's 1,000% right. I do think because historically people don't have good landing spots, like it, it it's – it's okay to like, ah, you know, they weren't very good because usually they don't up their stock. Now, A.J. Allen may be different, right, because he's in Miami. Well, Wandale was looked at as pretty good, right? Yeah, we still – I don't know how we've – I don't really – it's kind of a blur. I don't – I was still – I just tr- remember when he went to Kentucky, it was like, uh, so oh, I need what a your, loss like, for Nebraska. Somebody's got to probably – it's not important enough, but like just for my own sanity. Somebody has to probably re-educate me on like how that whole thing shook out. The post deal, because all I could remember was the exit meeting. And so I was focused on Wandell's dad and Coach Frost, and I didn't really pay much attention to was he going to be missed, was he not, right? Now, he clearly played well. He's he's, he's drafted. He was, what, a second-round pick to, and, and I, and, to the And Giants. I know a, A.J. Allen will be uh, an interesting one to watch, but we even kind of poo-pooed him. Oh, he fumbled the ball in the spring and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, okay, like – this guy's pretty good, but I, I do think Jordan is is spot on because guys typically don't have a better landing spot. But you got to remember, sometimes the psyche plays a huge role when guys um, enter the transfer portal. You, you you're uh, you're a little upset, probably. You're, you're not in a healthy frame of mind. And your sense of self-value versus your sense of self-worth is probably off. So you may think you're better than you are or not as good as you're capable of being because you've been you've had what's happened to you in the past. So your landing spot sometimes is is not as important as much as what's your mindset once you get there. Right? Can you shake mm-hmm. off I just quit it's easy to quit again, so I don't try as hard because it didn't work yeah. for me versus seizing the moment that's as much to do with it as anything but i seizing but I, the moment more than anything yeah but i do think i do think George's right it trickles into the fan base's per psyche brian edwards up next coffee and cream with rogers and benning on hail varsity radio now vegas insider senior handicapper and fan of the cold budweiser bottles brian edwards it's got to be touchdown 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 brian edwards i don't really love it brian edwards were they using the cream cheese to butter the bagel brian edwards i'm going with the cowgirl here is brian edwards well, not much better, or I can't introduce this man much better than our big voice guy Cam did opening up this segment. Brian Edwards joining us now, MajorWager.com, BrianEdwardsSports.com, at VegasBEdwards on Twitter. He joins us via StreamYard. You can catch him on YouTube or live on Twitter. There he is. Brian, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How we doing? B, what's up, buddy? Feeling good. Oh, good. man, doing well. Had a nice uh, UFC card the other night. Not uh, too shabby. Four and two plus 3.63 units. Both losses were, um, I just put 0.3 units on Ferguson as a plus 300 dog. And I had a half unit on um, Paella to win by KO. 
But uh, everything else came out good. Paella and Holland were the big plays. Um, I, you know, I thought the Paella Blahovich fight was could have gone either way. Yeah, yeah. I felt fortunate to get it. But then the MMA uh, media guys per MMA decisions, uh, I, I tweeted it out. I think it was like 18 or 22 guys had it for Paella. I was a little surprised it wasn't more of an even split there. Uh, were you watching the boxing, Damon? Or yeah, we. So I had split. Yep. So it was very. Okay. It was at the same time. I took a picture. I had one TV on boxing, one on the UFC, and when we put both TVs on the UFC, Poirier and Gaethje were just being introduced. So got. Did Did you feel like? You had watched enough of Blahovich Paella to have an idea. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it, I would not have been surprised if somehow that thing was a draw. After, <laughs> after round one, especially, it was. I thought it was pretty even. It could have. Yeah. I don't know how Blahovich didn't put that one away after the early, first. Yeah, early. Oh, I mean, he was on top of him for five minutes. Yeah, it just uh, it got. I think he's probably kicking himself. No pun intended. That one got away from him. Because he missed his opportunity. And then he, he gave the opening, himself. and Paye was just in better shape. And not having to cut all that weight, I think, helps him. Yeah. Um, surprised that the kick found a home to that left ear? <laughs> you know, when he, threw, when he threw that head kick in the first round, I looked at my buddy, I go, I don't think I've ever seen Go Gagey throw a head kick. And then I, in his presser, he said he doesn't throw many. Well, it was games. off the feint, too, so you know that Poirier didn't see that coming because yeah. he's, he's thinking he's he's getting down on the right hand, and right. here comes the kick, and it's just like – He threw that kick three times, too. Uh, ouch. Right. And I, I don't I don't ever remember him throwing a head kick. I mean, it's always he throws the lead kicks constantly, but I've ne- I never remember him throwing a head kick ever. At, at, at this point, for, at this point for you, is McGregor just talking to be talking? Yep, just trying to keep his name in the news, man. <laughs> uh, they did they did come out with odds on um, Gaethje McGregor just in case it happens, and uh, Gaethje was like minus three thirty, I think. <laughs> yeah, not shocked. <laughs> yeah. When do you I ever... mean, look, McGregor's just an auto fade uh, when he does come back. <laughs> Oh, man, B. So away from UFC, away from boxing, you sent us some preseason, uh, some preseason power rankings in college football. And, you know, we were talking about this at the beginning of the show with the Pac-12 uh, essentially disbanding and all these teams trying to find new homes. Yet this season there will still be a Pac-12, and you like the Pac-12. There are some teams in the top 25 that – For as bad as they butchered their PR, right. they got a they got a handful of really good teams. Yeah. And they got I mean, great quarterbacks. This is, this is the best – I mean, as the conference just unravels before our eyes, this is the best – quality Pac-12 we've had in more than a decade, no doubt about it. I mean, I think you could call the top four teams legit CFP contenders, and Oregon State's pretty darn good, too, and UCLA's not bad, especially if that five-star freshman mm-hmm. um, quarterback, you know, emerges, and I, I don't even know that, that he'll win the job, but, um, you know, if he does, I mean, Dante Moore, if he's as advertised, you know, UCLA – should be pretty good. So, I mean, I've got the top six teams in my top 23. I'm a little worried they're going to 
cannibalize each other, though, I'm not that worried about it. But for the Pac-12 purposes, wanting to get a team in the CFP for the first time since Washington did it with Chris Peterson back in, I want to say, 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, they've got teams that can do it. And, and, you know, I mentioned Oregon State, probably the fifth best team in the conference. They are, I just discovered this, 12-1 and straight up, 13-0 and against the spread in their last 13 home games. And their home uh, venue has been getting renovated and only been like half capacity the last two years, but now it's full. So, um, yeah, so uh, Oregon State's going to be good Smith as well. Smith knows what he's doing as a head coach. He really does, man. I mean, like if if I wasn't worried about his – I don't even know his background, if he's ever been in the SEC, but, like, I would be like, man, that guy can coach. Come – I, you know, I don't know about the recruiting factor mm-hmm. and how much of his roots go back to the south. Or I'm guessing none. But, um, yeah, that guy can definitely coach, no doubt. So, you know what's interesting? Because one of the teams in the Pac-12 that you like, and I know their schedule's tough. I was surprised to see their win total in it's like the eight and eight and a half range. But Utah on paper seems like they're going to be a really good football team. But they have a surprisingly low – Win Low total. Number. I mean, they do open up with your Gator bait, but but still, be is Utah better than we think, or is it more about the schedule? I think it's the schedule. Like like two like the Pac-12 teams they don't have to play are Stanford, a layup victory, and Wazoo, who would be a victory as well. Although Wazoo's not bad, um, and then their non-conference, Florida at home and at Baylor. I mean, that I think it's all about the schedule. Oh, and Cam Rising, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, is he going to be healthy? Because Florida and Baylor are right out of the gate. Yeah. So if Rising's not healthy and able to go, and right now he's only been cleared for throwing and dropping back, no lateral movement. So he's participated these first couple of practices in a limited basis. He has not even been approved uh, to move laterally or anything like you know, quick reaction stuff. So, but I mean, you know, he's got several weeks. We'll see. But I think it's the rising um, situation and, and question mark for the first two weeks that are tough games. And, and then, you know, the schedule just in general, I mean, they got to play at USC and at Washington and at Oregon State on a short week. And then they still have to deal with Oregon and UCLA at home. And then, like I said, Florida and at Baylor. B, it. Is there value at USC? I mean, they're the t- they're the team that you ranked atop all the Pac-12 teams at plus sixteen hundred to place that to win the national championship this year. Not historically a good defense, but they do have the projected number one pick in Caleb Williams. Do you think there is value at placing a bet like that? Uh, maybe in the sense that you could make a profit by hedging. Um, you know, if they make the playoff and taking their opponent in the semifinals, future weight, or, you know, figuring out something to hedge. I don't think they're going to win the national title, but they definitely have the, I mean, they probably have the best offense in the country. They definitely have the potential to make the playoff. Um, I just worry about their defense. I know they added a lot of good talent defensively out of the portal. There's no doubt about that. Um, but look, they were plus 22 in turnover margin last year, and, and a lot of that has to do with the fact Caleb Williams doesn't turn it over much, 42 to 5 TDI&T ratio. But you still can't count on uh, their turnover margin being that lopsided in their favor, and I just worry about the defense. But they, you know, Lincoln Riley has been to the playoffs three times. 
Um, he can get them there. The defense has got to be much improved. You know, we'll see on that. I actually have Washington one notch. I have them at ninth and USC at 10th. Um, but Washington's got to play at USC and at Oregon State. Um, if there's a season win total in the Pac-12 that I, I do have a little lean on, it's Washington over the nine and a half at plus money. I would have rather have gotten it at nine and maybe shop around. If there's still a nine, I would like that. Cause I think uh, you at least get a push and, 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 you know, if Penix got hurt, you do have a backup that started 15 career games. Dylan Morris didn't play that great, but it was early in his career on some bad teams. Um, they went four and zero against ranked teams last year, 11 and two, Eight starters back on defense, seven on offense. They won seven games uh, by double digits. They were plus 1860, 1,860 in net yardage. Their two losses were on the road, one possession games last year. So I, I think Washington and USC are probably the best. And then there's Utah. And um, I'm leaving one team out. Oh, I'm leaving Oregon out. I, I probably have the least faith in Oregon. In fact, Oregon State might be better than Oregon. We'll see. I actually think they could go three and zero in the non-con. You have them at number twenty-five. Got to be some value in looking at Mississippi State, doesn't it? You know, um, I just don't know about Arnett. I mean, not that I mean, I loved him as a defensive coordinator. We just don't know anything about him as a head coach, and he's going a, a little bit away from the air raid. I, I don't think they should go away from it too much, but they've hired a new AC. They're going to run OC, excuse me. They're going to run it more. But, man, Will Rogers had that air raid mastered. He ran it in high school, and I I, I just kind of have some questions. I think they're going to be good. Don't get me wrong. I just – I question Arnett. I don't know what kind of, you know, clock management decisions he's going to make. And I, I question, you know – Rodgers adjusting to the new offense. So those are just some question marks for me that keep me off them in terms of a win total. SLU, Arizona, and I think it's Western Michigan in the non-con. I mean, that's that's pretty good for Mississippi State. All you need is seven plus 145 to get seven wins. Interesting. (laughs) B, we appreciate you sparking thought this morning. Uh, Take care. We'll talk again next week. Sounds good, fellas. Y'all have a good weekend weekend. Thanks, B. You too. That is Brian Edwards. When we come back, we will change gears and talk to Michael Brunt, senior writer for Husker 24-7. He's next on Coffee and Cream. Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, welcome back. Top of the hour on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. 9 o'clock means we're on KFOR in Lincoln, still on 590 ESPN Radio in town. We're live on Twitter, live on YouTube. There are plenty of games left for the Cardinals, by the way. They have to go 28 and 25. Yep. 28 and 25. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, 53 games left. Mm -hmm. I mean, we already saw our next guest move away from his Oakland days and start repping the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> that was great. That's a great ad. <laughs> Simple and clean. Let's welcome in Michael Brunts now, senior writer for Husker 24-7. Bruntsy, good morning. Hello. Yeah, hello. <laughs> Bruntsy, that, that was a fantastic hat, man. I, I, I applaud you. 
Thank you. There, there, there's no no allegiance shift. I, I just have long appreciated. You appreciate teams a, with a ballpark? Uh, yeah, well, teams at the ballpark and teams that win games. Um, <laughs> but, but no, the, the, the tri-color hat, I, there's no better look in baseball, in my opinion, than the uh, the three colors on the hat. So I, I like the Orioles hat, but I was still I was still checking in on the Dodgers and A's last night. Don't don't uh, don't get it twisted. <laughs> Forgive way, me. The, uh, the, the A's are coming coming to uh, St. Louis in a couple of weeks for uh, bringing the road trip to St. Louis. The the summer of sell. So they've only been outscored seventeen to four in the first two Bruncies. So. I'm expecting big things tonight at nine ten. Mm-hmm. Were you sweating a little bit though in the opener? I was. It got to four, it got to four three, and that that would have really hurt. <laughs> pr- pr- uh, a loss there hurts the Dodgers come tournament time. Yeah, pr- pr- pretty slow start, but hey, man, I just uh, <laughs> just win, Bruncey, just win. And as a matter of fact, when they when the Dodgers got four in the whatever it was, the third or the fourth, right. I was like, oh, we're on uh, cruise control. No, no. The don't quit ace come back in the sixth and seventh. But that's okay. You you, got to get them like they're, they're, uh, you know, like an FCS team playing in that first game. You don't let them hang around because then you you get the tension in the building. Everybody knows you should be beating them (laughs) like a drum. So I'm, I'm glad the Dodgers pulled it out. Hey, how would you like to be the 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 New York Mets right now? Just getting handled by the Royals, the Twins. It's like talk about waving the white flag, and then Scherzer comes out and he says, "Yeah, they just couldn't commit that they'd be all in in 2024." Didn't a lot of people like the Mets in 2023, Bruncey? I, I I thought we always liked the Mets <laughs> to spend money, right? Like it's it's uh. Yeah, that would be hard. Like, I, I think that would be worse than my situation because at least now you kind of know the score, right? You're not spending money. They're jacking ticket prices to keep everybody away. Everybody hates the ownership. And, but, like, you've got the Mets over there just spending money hand over fist and just absolutely nothing to show for it but dysfunction. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Hmm. When you're talking about I, – I was joking with Andrew. I didn't – I'm always worried about monopolizing your guys' time. I mean, because there's like 80% of you that I think I like more than you guys like me. So you only have a limited amount of time at practice. You're not really trying to waste that talking to me, are you? Uh, no, I, I don't mind. I, are you and, just and saying I don't, that? I don't, I, don't, I don't like the characterization that, that somehow I, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> You'd probably tell me, too, so I know I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> You're like, yeah, that guy's kind of a douche. <laughs> Bruncey, do you find benefit in conversations, like just talking with DB sometimes to have somebody to talk to? Like if you're watching plays happen in front of you, and even if it's small talk beforehand, you can just quickly turn it on to practice mode? Uh, Yeah. I, I, well, you're a lone ranger, Bruncey. You don't – you're your own dude there. Well, I, I got – things to see i see? don't really know what i'm looking at but I, I gotta see. and that's why he's talking um, to you no i can't help him well damon was on a visit i was i was a little <laughs> I, I i wanted to stay away <laughs> hey you're coming up to him and he's like no no hey no how, go back how, how i don't know if cool is the word unique were you like oh this is good that you do you like the split practices with the uh older younger guys uh 
I, I think in, it's a good idea. I mean, personally, I would like to have the, the younger guys out there to see them in practice because that was the one we, you know, one look we got at practice this week. But oh no, yeah, I mean, that's it, right. It, it makes sense. Um, they should I let mean, you it, come back for another thirty for the young group. Yeah, that would have been nice. That would have been a nice gesture. Um, but no, I, I think I go back to something that Matt Rule said in Indianapolis, where he he was talking about. I think the question was something like, what would you deem success of fall camp? And he, his answer, I think, makes sense in the context of the way they're doing practice right now. He said that he wants the guys that they choose to help them against Minnesota to be the same guys yep. that they yep. are, that are helping them against Michigan. And week, week, one, week one versus week five, yep. And, and I think the way that you do that is you get a, as many looks at guys as you can. I mean, I, I just think that's where th- this team and this roster is right now is, you know, you got 100 and, 120 guys in camp. you got 138 on the roster. I mean, you, you need to know whether or not a guy's going to help you or not. And if you, you're not giving guys reps, I mean, it, it's just all projection at that point and guessing, right? So I think splitting it smart, I think it also keeps – it keeps the freshmen engaged. It keeps the young guys engaged. And I, I think that, that's really important, too, with the new staff is, is, you know, saying to those guys that are a little bit further on the depth chart of the third team, like, look, you at least have a chance to, to move up here or, or at least uh, show something. So it's smart, I think, especially in the first week of fall camp when you're, you know, you're not even in pads anyways, but um, you're just getting an idea of kind of what you got um, coming out of the summer. Bruncey, as you search for this so-called help with these young guys, what position group do you think needs a fall emerger to make a significant impact throughout the season? Wide receiver. <laughs> I mean, I, it's amazing. I, I I hey, the hey, the last hesitate. two months, everybody's down on wide receivers. I, I didn't know I, – Bruncey, I didn't know why people were high on it to begin with, and I'm not saying it, it couldn't be good. It, just no productivity. Who's your, who's your top six right now? Uh, Minnesota right now. So yeah. Fedoni's going to flex. So I'm going to throw him in there. Bets. Cheating though. That's cheating. Okay, okay, okay. Just okay. Just just wide receivers. Bets. Kemp. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Billy Kemp. Bets. Marcus Washington. Uh. Castaneda. Oh yeah. I IGC. And after that, it's uh-huh. crap. It's crapshoot. Right, like you're, total, right now you're total crapshoot. But I don't think I make, could pick sixteen starters on <laughs> out of the twenty-two. I don't know if no. I could pick. Can you pick seven defensive starters? Eight? No, no, <laughs> no. Dude, we were it's, talking. We were talking about this on our podcast yesterday, and it it's still the the defense and where guys fit and who's mm-hmm. where. It's he said no. I feel like you would get most of your success on the line. Versus I don't else. even know about – I can't even like, pick five offensive linemen, let alone I, I three D-line. Oh, you could probably pick the three defensive linemen. I don't know. I mean, if you just went with just let's go with veterans here, you could pick the three. I could give you Ty Robinson. You could put Blaze in there too. Gunnarsson? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Nope. I'd feel fine with him. Nope. Because, you know, he's got to still grow a little bit, and he's still a second-level guy. It's hard. Oh, I'm not saying it's the, not. I'm not saying it's not hard. It's, it's hard, man. And it's so the, competitive. The what about Nash? 
Well, I mean, they say good things. He still can't play at 45 degrees yet. You know, he's a burst guy. They got to – there's a lot, Bruncey. I'm, even, I'm trying to sort through this in my head. I can't get it right. The, the, the wide receiver spot more than any. I, I ask people that same question. Like, if you, had to, if you had to give me your top six right now for the start of the season, it, it, exactly what just happened happens where <laughs> you, get to, you get to about four and then everybody starts mumbling a little bit or changing the subject. <laughs> love, so, love, 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 love. Yeah, love, love, I mean, love, love. so to, to your original question, I mean, that, that you needed multiple young guys to step up, I think. I mean – you know, we've, we've seen it in Nebraska before when you don't have wide receiver depth, how quickly that can kind of thin out as you get through fall camp. I mean, it was, that was, there was that one fall camp. That's how Stanley Morgan got on the field. Was It was just uh, – Oh, when they had like four healthy bodies out of 19. Do you remember that? He's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it worked out for Stanley, but, I mean, that, that's the challenge. So, yeah, I mean, you, you've got to have somebody, some buddies, uh, multiple uh, step up and, and be ready at that spot, I think. Bronx, let me ask you something, and this is primarily because I've, I've admitted you're super smart. So I'm going by delivery here, and you can disagree and say, no, I read it like this or whatever. This is just open dialogue. So we've had kind of four real departures, right? We had Wager's firing or resignation, uh, Miles Farmer not being here, Fleeks um, getting sent back home. And this wasn't a dismissal, but it flew under the radar about Brody Tagovailoa. And I'm not saying Coach Rule was dismissive. It just wasn't like I'm going by the deli- – it's like, okay, he's hurt. It's going to hurt. hurt. He's going to be a good player. I felt like in his delivery of all that information, he was kind of indifferent about Wager. This is my read. He was disappointed in Farmer. He was kind of matter-of-fact – about Brody and Fleeks. Of those four scenarios and how he handled the, the bad news, which one is most indicative of how tight a ship he's running of this program? Um, I would say probably Wager. Because of the zero tolerance? No... Well, for a couple of reasons. Okay. I mean, I. That's why I, I asked think, you. No. I think. I think part. <laughs> I think part of it is. Maybe it's just the timing of it, but there's very much like a. This happened. They got the press release out. It was. This guy's gone. This guy's in, and the the bus the bus is is leaving the stop. Like we we we've addressed it, and we're moving on, right? Uh, like, and I think, I think you're able to do that because of the way that they hire staff. I mean, if you if you look at their off field people that they have on their in their group right now, mm-hmm. if if let's say you had to quickly replace somebody at another spot, there's somebody waiting in the wings. I mean, it, it's it's there's a little bit of a farm system, if you will, going on in in the analyst group, and I think that's by design. I mean that that's that's how they run things, and I think that's more indicative of the the type of attention to detail and the way that they set things up because you know they they know that guys are going to have opportunities down the road at other places whether it's you know a 
coordinator job or, or whatever, and they've got that next person ready to go. I mean, they, they, they had an analyst who has multiple power five uh, stops and coaching experience just kind of ready to go. I mean, that, that, that to me is more kind of how you connect it to the big picture of the way that Matt Rule does things. It's, um, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say it's just interesting because he's dismissive is too strong of a word, but in all of those categories, he's like, okay, Next man up. And, yeah. and so, like, what I try to describe what makes him captivating is I, he's, I said he's the guy that's always willing to push away from the table or walk away, yet you still somehow genuinely know he cares. D- yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, well, and even in those situations, like, like in the fleek situation, I mean, my, my read on that is that, he's disappointed, but at the same time, like, you know, that's still his guy. He's still loyal. He left the door open that, you know, if, if, you know, he's able to get the weight off and, you know, do the trash bag work and and run laps and cut the weight. Yeah. I mean, he can come back. I mean, that, that there's kind of a, a delicate thing there that, that he's kind of able to thread that needle. I mean, it's like Danny Kalen's recruitment too. I mean, he played that perfectly. In, in what was probably yeah. socially a pretty tough spot. I yeah. mean, I, I think he just has a really good, he's got a good feel for that stuff, but kind of how to, how to, you know, really, it, it's hard to explain, but, but he's just good at, at things like that that most people would look at and be like, wow, that, that's kind of a tough situation how you handle that, but he does it with, uh, with grace. I, I, I was saying to uh, Ravi and Andrew a couple of weeks ago, I think it has a lot to do with because people so now, you know, you're in, in you're out on the a bigger scene and people are like, Oh, you know, he doesn't miss or he's always looking for the next um you know, like popular deal, like this was on the heels of the volleyball team meeting with him. And they're like, Oh, you know, rule he just bats a thousand, he doesn't mm-hmm. miss, he's always seizing the opportunity and I said typically when you're other centered, like when you want the when you want the best for the greater good those those things just typically seem to naturally happen, right? Could could you or would you try to explain it like that? Just because he's so other-centered on the big picture, he doesn't get bogged down with the negative or the or the detail or the nitty-gritty details. Yeah, well, he said something in Indy too that he's kind of at the point in his career where like you just need to kind of trust yourself and go and like. You're, you're going to piss people off. Um, not everybody's going to be happy with the way you do things, but you just kind of need to be comfortable and confident in, in, in kind of how you do things. And I, I guess that's, that's maybe what I would go back to too. And, and mm. you know, we talked about, you know, wanting to you know, be most comfortable around college kids and, um, you know, kind of the, the development, you know, on and off the field there. I think, I think you're right. I think that's part of it. Um, and I, I think he's just, uh, you know, just his personality. Um, you know, when you talk to him, he, he's so dialed in all the time. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm sure there'll be missteps. I'm sure there'll be things that right. people kind of raise an eyebrow at. But, um, you know, he just seems like a guy that, that's, that's just comfortable with what he's doing. And I, I think when you're, when you're that way, um, you know, you, you tend to kind of bat a higher average than you do normally. You know, Brunson, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking ahead now to, to the season and I'm skipping past Minnesota and I'm thinking about these non-conference games. 
And, mm. you know, the loss to Georgia Southern last year um, really dampened the attitude and the confidence of this team. Now, of course, you know, with Coach Frost getting getting fired around that same time, too, that, that, that doesn't help. But, you know, if the Huskers were to lose one of their non-con games this year, which do you hope the L comes against in terms of least damaging to the internal competitor or, like, easiest to recover from? Mm. Mm. Hmm. I do think most yeah, people pick three and one, right, in the non-con? Yeah. And if you're, super cool, if you're super cool lady, you would, you'd maybe say four and oh, mm-hmm. but three and one appears to be the – so what's that one, though? What's the one you hope it is that's easiest to recover from? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough. I mean, it, and sometimes in those games, those non-con games, too, it almost kind of matters where they fall. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> with, with, with last year, like, dropping that Georgia Southern game kind of on the heels of the way things played out in, in, in Dublin and, and the way that things were kind of trending. I mean, that, that kind of felt like the death blow a little bit. Um, I don't know. I mean, some people say, yeah, Colorado, you could kind of come back easily from that one. But, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I'd say it'd probably be one of the other ones before I'd say Colorado. Plus, Colorado's it's Big just, Fox. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think it's Colorado. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think. I, the, the, the easy answer is none of them, but, I mean, I. <laughs> what, what if I, what, listen, how about this, Bruncey? Yeah. What What if I painted you a scenario? They get off to a, um, when is Northern Illinois? Is it the third game or the fourth? Fourth. The third. Okay, so I how about you. this, Bruncey? What if it what if it was this? They get off to a two and zero start. They're feeling really really good. First home game, new team, home jitters. They 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 lay an egg, but hey, Coach Rule spins it as we're learning to you know we're back in the friendly confines. I tell you these guys, you can't take things for granted. You know we gotta we gotta build on this. And not let our guard down, or something like that. Whatever he says, right? But I could hear him saying something like that. Could you take? Yeah, no, could you? Could could that 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 may be okay? I think you could spin it. I just think that you know, if, if let's say you start really well against Minnesota and Colorado, I mean, you guys know how that would be received if you come home and just absolutely lay it. Oh, oh. I mean, it, 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 and we would be so in love after a two and zero start. It would be no, ridiculous if you, if you start. If you start two and zero, you're you're getting a little you're starting to get a couple of conversations about Indy and what that looks like. And you get some, Where you're going to propose? Like you're all the yeah. way in love, right? Yeah, some national. You're getting a little national run at that point with two Power Five wins right out of the gate. I mean, that's that's I'm what I mean. Like I don't. About that. I don't know that there's a good good <laughs> a good answer there. I mean, maybe Louisiana Tech, but I I don't, I don't know. I, I my answer is none. Like I, I think that looks. <laughs> You gotta go. You you gotta get through those last two. Um, the, the the at home, I think, unscathed. That that's my answer. Hmm. So, Bruncey, before I let you go, you're looking at where you thought Nebraska would be when Coach Rule had his staff completed, versus where they are right now. Who's the first coach you're asking to pick his brain if you just get? A 30, 40, 45-minute sit-down. 
Um, I would, I'd say Tony White. I mean, I, I, I think. Wait, we, we're two smart guys. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> but, oh, but like I mean, the, you're like wrapping your, you're trying to get your mind around the defense. And I, I don't know that we're going to really get that until the opener. I mean, it, it's, it's, but I think he's, you know, he's been enough places. I think he's pretty interesting. Um, like you guys were kind of saying earlier, if you're trying to make a defensive depth chart, um, it's hard to do. And I think that kind of plays in a little bit too to the way that they want to run the three three five and the way they want to use guys. So I, my answer is Tony White. I'm sitting down with Tony White. We're talking about what it was like growing up in El Paso and uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe some UCLA thoughts. Brunty, quickly that here. He's a baller. Who's one player uh, that you notice really reshaped his body this summer and looks more ready than ever to take on whatever comes his way this season? Do, do you get into that, Brunts? Are you a body types guy? Uh, well, you notice things. I mean, Xavier Betts looks like he's grown up considerably. Oh, since, oh yeah. Uh, the, last, the last time we saw him. Yeah. Um, I was, the defensive line, I mean, they ran those guys through on Tuesday, and those guys looked noticeably different and not like bigger they just look leaner and it, there's definitely been a different approach with those guys so those those two kind of stood out immediately uh and then i mean gabe Irvin looks like he's you know ready to, ready to do some arm wrestling championships right now um <laughs> with, with the way he showed up to fall camp so those, yeah, are, those are the guys that kind of stood out he's a big swollen yoked dude i i hope he can still move left to right because I watched him try to get his pa- his, um, you know, he's getting fitted for pads, and it's like, are those implants or like, yeah. what, like what's going yeah. on? <laughs> like, it he, made me he uncomfortable. Looks like, he looks like uh, he looks like a typical like Big Ten back from like 1991 that we just have giant shoulder pads, <laughs> and you got to try to tackle that guy for four quarters. Yeah, have fun. Yeah, he's yeah. yoked. Bruncey, we appreciate your time this morning, man. Thanks so much. We'll talk again next week. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, Mike. That is Michael Brunts at Michael Brunts on Twitter. He covers Nebraska football, baseball, and recruiting for 24-7, and we appreciate his time. Uh, when we come back, Certainly not which mind. non-con could you explain away the easiest. That's tough. That is a tough one. Yeah, that we may have to sit on that one for a little while. None. Um, there, there's something about the expansion that I want to get to, um, and then we'll do the sports six-pack to close out the show. All that and more next. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, welcome back. Before we go any further, I'd like to tell you about a new service called BioClear. And the only place to get that done is with Dr. Pratt over at Pratt Dental. It's located in North Platte, and he's the only dentist in Nebraska that provides this service. And you you may be asking yourself, what's the BioClear method? Well, you know, it's all about the ultra-thin tooth-shaped form that allows permanent reconstruction of teeth with composite. Now you're like, Andrew, this doesn't make sense. Like, you have to dumb it down for me. Okay. Well, it's an alternative to a crown. Multiple restorations in the same day. Less time, less waiting, less invasive, and fewer appointments. To schedule one, 
you can contact Pratt Dental at 308-221-2800 or visit their webpage because they create healthy smiles over at Pratt Dental. Um, somehow, someway, I feel like I should send Molly over to Pratt Dental. <laughs> I don't know if they work on canines, but uh, she did have five teeth removed, and she may need uh, she may need that alternative to a crown. <laughs> oh yeah, she can hardly eat because uh, we have to wet her food right now, and it's I can't imagine having soggy, soft food. I can't hear you. Can you hear you? Um, I don't know. I was hoping that maybe it's like, like I said yesterday, kicking a washing machine. Uh, she, she has only gone number two once since yesterday. No, since two days ago. Uh, no, she is. Like, she's eating every meal. Yeah. The anesthesia is served yeah, as kind of like up. a blockage. Yeah. Easily, easily could be the case. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, where are you going? Where am I going? You want to you hear about what, I'm, what I wanted to talk about with the Pac-12? Well, that's what you teased. Yeah. There was something on my mind, because we talked about with B, B. Edwards, Utah, and, like, how high up they were, but they're kind of the forgotten child at this point. Like, oh, where, where are they going to end up if the Pac-12 does deplete completely? And then I started thinking about the Arizona schools, which aren't as highly touted for football. But wouldn't you be telling these schools to run right now? Like, the, sh- the ship is sinking in the Pac-12. Oh, yeah. So, so run while you still have a chance. Apple's not going to save you. The money that's coming in from streaming is not going to save you at any point. So are you trying to buy time for yourself, or, or what's really happening? I, I think some of these schools, it, it seems like the Big Ten especially knows what they want to do. Like, I'm sure you've looked through the, the contracts and the TV agreements and what you're willing to take on and not. I, sometimes I wonder what takes the announcement so long, right? So... Let's say if, if uh, you know, the Big Ten announces, okay, hey, we'd like Washington and Oregon. Or myopically, some, maybe they do four at a time mm-hmm. out of Pac-12. I think you'd think it, you'd, you'd see everybody. I mean, did you not see – did you see FSU's AD yesterday? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like he's actively exploring all options to leave the ACC. You'd think that that school in that conference would be fine. Is not just relative to that school in that conference, <laughs> right. right? Now, maybe not everybody's in a power position like Florida State because they would be highly coveted. Mm-hmm. But can the ACC disband and not do basketball? I think the Pac-12 could do it. Mm. Yes, and, they could. And not do basketball. Like, but I don't know about the ACC, though. So I always wonder how much of the other sports are tied to basketball, other sports. Yeah, the like, other what, like, sports like, is, like, what, like, it. does that keep them mum? Because mm-hmm. at first blush, the, my answer to your question is, yeah, I'd, I'd be trying to, to look elsewhere. But I think you have a couple of other sports that maybe the tie that binds. And, but what you can look at, though, is, well, I could still find a lot of basketball prowess in the Big Ten. I could still find prowess in the SEC. So even if ACC does disband for whatever reason, you could still carry over basketball and think, okay, 
still getting a great level of competition here versus, oh, say Florida State's like, oh, I got to go join the Pac-12 now and, oh, Clemson too so we can keep the Pac-12 alive. It's like, no, you can't really because basketball would say, ah, no. Okay, so let's say this. Knowing what you don't know or knowing what you do know, would you like to be a school like, let's say, Creighton or Marquette that is in a conference that is exclusive to what it is, it's mm-hmm. a basketball conference, that doesn't have a football program. Is it easier for, like, Marquette and Creighton to function as opposed to, like, let's say yes. U- UConn and you have, like, a hanger-on yes. football program? Yes, it is. Isn't that weird? Yeah, because you just have less bodies to worry about. You're yeah, just worried about you, yourself. But you could potentially have another revenue stream, mm-hmm. too. That if is it's, if 100% it's done, true. If it's done, if it's done correctly. Right. Yeah. So I, because I, I don't think I look at like a school like UConn, and I can't see them being in a very good situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I mean, I just some schools need to find new homes, and the three I just listed there are, are are the few. I mean, it's like getting it's like getting horrible news from a doctor telling you that you have one year to live. Like that's basically what it is right now. Oh, I don't know. About, I don't <laughs> know You're not getting a miracle. <laughs> You're not the exception. I don't know about that. I think I'd rather move <laughs> conferences than have. The old doc tell me I got one more. But that's what go. I'm saying, right? Because you're sitting right now in the pack in a Pac-12 where you really have one year to live. But you got some viable options. But you, so the options are there, but what are they? Like, what are you guys doing right now? That's yeah. my question. Yeah, I don't. That's that's I kind of what know. I was thinking. Of. My brain goes a ton of different places. You know that. <laughs> um, you asked me the same question last year. No, I didn't. Yes. No, I didn't. Yes. Oh, maybe five years ago. Nope. This is fresh on the Four mind, years? Shane. Man, yeah, one, one, year, one year to live with moving conferences. Man, how would you like to be Aaron Euless right now? There's no failure in sports. Yeah, I, I didn't think we definitely didn't jump the gun yesterday. You just we just made the assumption it had to be related to mm-hmm. gambling. But then all the reports came out yesterday, and you're like, he gambled a lot of times. Not, mm-hmm. I mean, on average, like if you do the division, right. you're talking like twelve bucks per, but. But to, to bet for what was the window? Two years? To yeah. bet about a thousand times a year? Yeah, that's, that's a lot of bets. Dude, that's a ton. <laughs> I mean, that's three bets a day. Yeah, I don't know anybody that does that. No. Not a soul. That's awesome. L- listen, I don't know I mean, about awesome. Uh, not awesome, but I mean, that's, <laughs> not, an, not that's, a, an, that's an amazing like, I don't, I don't, amount. I don't know one don't, person either. An amazing amount. <laughs> so here's the deal, though. I, I listen to. Excuse me. Listening to Coach or reading Coach Hoiberg's thoughts, and I think Robin Washett posted something that I was reading where it was brought to their attention in May, but they didn't know during the recruiting process. And maybe that's why it went so slow with Ulysses because kind of was like plan, af- plan C after the mm-hmm. plan B after the plan A in terms of him being on the open market once he was in the portal. So I don't know what people were privy to and what they weren't. But, like, are you on the hook for that now? Because whatever the punishment is, you can't play him. Mm-mm. He may not be able to play it at all, ever again. So are we firm on these rules now, though? So I, I, I found these bullet points yesterday. Because this is kind of new. And this was actually shared from... Uh, a good friend of ours that 
works in the afternoon show on the station. Elijah Herbal had these points, um, and he tweeted them out. $200 or less, sports wagering rules and prevention education. Like, that's what you would get okay. if you bet $200 or less. Between two and five, it's loss of 10% of the season of eligibility plus the education. Five to eight, it's 20% of the season and the education. Oh, Greater than 800, you lose 30% of the season and the education. But if you greatly exceed $800, which in this case has, NCAA reinstatement staff are directed to consider whether additional loss of eligibility, including permanent, are appropriate. Like, that's where we're at. So it's still subjective. It is subjective, but with the amount of money that was arguably placed at this point, or he's being accused of placing... To go from eight hundred to thirty-two, thirty-four thousand dollars, whatever it is, I mean, you're in choppy waters. Yeah, that's 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 unbelievable. To be I, honest, I, I, when you really think about it, because you broke it down monetary-wise, like, oh, it's about twenty dollars a bet. Yeah. I broke it down by days when I first thought about it and thought, huh, it's about three bets a day, two, three bets a day. I, I, I don't know, like. I may it again, easily accessible. It's an Iowa mm-hmm. thing. I don't know. And you know, that. I almost wonder too with the Alabama stuff that came out, and you know, U.S. Integrity stepped in, and then it became a part of these universities. Maybe they found all of these things when they first got. You're, you're, the universities you know, are definitely going to need some help policing it too, though. You're definitely going to need some help because coaches and and sports staff can't catch it. Mm-hmm. We'll take a short break. We'll do the sports six-pack when we come back. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Time now for the sports six-pack on Coffee and Cream with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Presented by Zipline Brewing Company. Makers of dear old Nebraska brew. The official beer of Nebraska alumni. And that's the can opener, Tropical Ale, that they're pushing right now. Guava and lemon, perfect for a hot summer day. Refreshing and slightly tart. Find that beer at your favorite beer store. Now available at all Zipline locations as well because it's time for the Sports Six Pack presented by Zipline Brewing. What are you sharing up? If you're watching something, I'm going in Nebraska public media access. That's what I'm doing, and I'm so. Wa- if you have a beer in hand, yeah, and I <laughs> and Shane, you you can get whichever variety you want that Zipline offers because they've got a ton of options. But Nebraska media's got a new sports documentary coming out. It is in the deed, the glory. Just documenting the historic relevance of 100 years of Memorial Stadium. Do you have rooting interest in this? No, no, no. I'm just captivated <laughs> the fact that they built Memorial Stadium for $450,000. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Isn't that crazy? To think about today. That's that's some of your friends' homes, right? 400 Not my friends. Not my friends, friends either. Your, your friends. <laughs> Maybe uh, my parents' friends. Yeah. It's my, buddy, it's my buddy's birthday, so I won't forget. It is August 13th, mm-hmm. 7 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Make sure you stay tuned. Shane, let's do this thing, man. Question number one. If all of the Husker coaches got into a fist fight, who'd win? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> like, just of, just, the, just of the ten? 
If, if they all got in a fist fight together, who would be the last man standing? Are we talking like you know who I think Anchorman type fighting? Maybe, maybe they all show up and they have different uh. they have different weapons. Um, Gosh, you could ask ten people and probably get, get ten six different answers. Different six, because nobody's gonna say Foley. Right, that's true. That's nobody's true. gonna say Garrett McGuire. Like up there is Knighton. Up there is Coop. Up there is. But Garrett's got Donnie, the age, Rayola. He's got the age though. Being yeah, the but youngest. but I would go with Cooper over McGuire. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I'm thinking age-wise here. Uh, he brought up and I'd go Dvorak over Maguire. A fist fight? Like, just a brawl? God, Rule's such a wrestling fan, so he knows how I, those battle royales go. I think Knighton will tire out. He could lay in the cut. But he doesn't have that reach, though, does he? He doesn't have to. You're in close proximity. Okay. Uh, I would probably take Rayola. See, I'd take Coop for the endurance portion of it. And he's super mean-spirited. Like, he's competitive. It will, yeah, Rayola, too. Oh, my goodness. And I don't know if Coop, like, has a easy or relaxed button. But that's okay. Right? So, you're. I mean, I could see it. But Donnie's not the nicest. I, I would, I don't know, that's mm-hmm. tough. I, I probably would take Rayola. I don't, I don't feel great about that, though. It's actually a tougher question than people think. It, it seems easy. It seems like, oh, if you just took Terrence Knighton, it'd be he's game so, over. He's so jovial and nice and funny. Yeah, but I think he could. But he did play D-line for yeah. double-digit years. Does it matter where it's at? I mean, if it was like on the football field or if it was Shane, on the parking lot? if you lot? don't stop asking me dumb questions not relative to a battle royale fight, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Who cares where they fight? Parking lot, stadium, your living room. What difference say, does it it's make? Say, I'm just saying there might be rules when it's when you're on the when you're on the football did you, did field you, did compared you read, to Did you com- read that in the question? Compared to if did, you did were you read compared that in to the if question? you're in the parking lot. What are we talking about now? I have no idea. We're on question number two. <laughs> question number two. Robin Lincoln, what would you be willing to blow off if your team was in the championship game that day? Is there punctuation in there? Feel free. To, <laughs> feel free to read that a little smoother. You want to try did. that again? What did I say? Oh, my gosh. What a weirdo. What did I do? What would you be willing to blow uh, off? Read the sentence like a regular person, Robin please. Lincoln, what would you be ro- willing to blow off if your team was in the championship game that day? What did I do? Hmm. Oh, fudge. A lot. Um yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if I'd blow off my wedding. That'd be hard. Somebody wouldn't be happy. <laughs> I thought this was the bachelor party weekend. <laughs> um. Shoot, I might. <laughs> <laughs> blow off my wedding. <laughs> well, I for sure blow off your wedding. <laughs> um. What a would lot. I blow off. Probably not my kids' sporting events, but almost anything else. I'm not doing anything important. I mean, outside of work. And my work is probably related to them playing in the championship game. I don't know if I have a good answer. Now, I cert- like, let's say if this wouldn't happen, but hypothetically, if they move like 
if we made it to the state championship and it was on a Saturday night, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not missing the state championship for championship chance for Nebraska. Sorry, honey. So I, I obviously can't our, uh, DVR, although Shane would say, can you DVR it? Can you save it? No, that's part of the dilemma of the question, Shane. Um, you can't go back and watch it. Let's say the birth of – Can you watch it in the parking lot or do you have to watch it on the field? Let's say the birth of my second kid. Like, I saw the first one. <laughs> I was Isn't there it for weird, it. weird, though, how some coaches aren't there for, like, I don't know about that either. Uh, well, sorry, honey. Cardinals are playing in game seven. <laughs> I got to run. <laughs> I've had this trip book with the boys. I, I promise I'll get a uh, I promise I'll get a little souvenir in the shop for the baby. Now keep in mind I could potentially be your last kid. <laughs> While married anyway. <laughs> read, man, read. I can't read. Question I can't. number 3. Okay. So Jeff in Omaha. So I got to read a little bit faster. What's up, Jeff? No, just Jeff in Omaha, would you rather have your name tattooed on your forehead or no front teeth? I'm going to go with no front teeth. Maybe I can call Pratt Dental up. <laughs> um, I don't want my name tattooed on my forehead. I'll, God, this sucks. You don't want <laughs> Ruru on your forehead? Nah, not in not I'm just thinking about eating in peace. Um, so obviously dentures aren't an option. Well, you I, would eat. You would eat in pieces without front teeth. Oh, fudge. Um, you would. I mean, how big's the tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. Size of your forehead. God, that would be that would be sucky. Sounds miserable. I'll take the no front teeth. Poop. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. My name's Jeff. My name's Jeff. Question number four. All right, Michael in Omaha. What's up, Michael? I heard you start bench cut. I heard a start bench cut question yesterday, and now I've got one for you guys. Start bench cut Doug Peterson, Kyle Shanahan, or Mike Tomlin? And Mike Tomlin. That's brutal. Yeah. Start bench cut. Oh, I'm starting Tomlin. And I'm going to bench Peterson, and I'm going to cut McVay. No, Shanahan. Oh. You know why I said that? Because I used to compare the two, McVay and Shanahan. Mm -hmm. um, starting Tomlin. I'm, I'm benching Shanahan, and I'm cutting Peterson. Wow. Yeah. I don't – I, uh, I'll start Doug. I will, I will bench wow. Tomlin. Well, you are and, the same guy that compared and I will moving conferences Shanahan. to a one-year-to-live sentence. <laughs> You're starting Peterson out of yeah. those guys. Oh yeah. The least a cop. Well, he does. He uh, has a he's Super more Bowl. accomplished than Kyle Shanahan because he hasn't won a Super Bowl, but right. Shanahan wins a heck of a lot more. That is true. I'm all about winning that title game because if I'm blowing off Kyle Shanahan's wedding, I'm going to Doug Peterson in the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, wow. Question number five. Rank these college football teams one to five without knowing what's coming next. Florida State? Uh, Three. I'll say two. Utah? 
four. What did I say? Two. I'll go Utah five. Notre Dame. Oh, darn it. Uh, <laughs> I'll two. go four. Penn State. Do I roll the dice uh, on the fifth spot? I, I, two, I will four, put and five. I'm screwed now. I'll put Penn State five. So I'll put Penn State at three. Okay, and the last one, North Carolina. Oh, oh damn! No. I don't want them oh. one. It's the only spot I have left. Yeah, with that same with me. You have to put them one too. I do. I put Florida State at two. I did Penn State at three. That's funny. Uh, it's not funny. It is. <laughs> And I read it slow, too. I yeah. mean, if I would have read it fast, you probably would have been all right. UNC, Notre Dame, FSU, Utah, Penn State. UNC, Florida State, Penn State, Notre Dame, Utah. Knowing what I know now. I would have put, put Penn State at Penn one. Penn State would be one. Yep. FSU, two. Notre Dame, three. I could put Utah. U Utah was the only one I got right. And UNC, five. I'd go PSU, FSU, Notre Dame, Utah, UNC. Okay, last question. Go ahead. Trevor in Omaha, what body part would you give up in order to make your team a blue blood for the rest of your life? Body part? Yeah. I feel like I could give up, like, an easy one, right? Or, like, a fingernail? It's not a body part. What is wrong with you? What about, like... That's, that's a body part. It's part of the body. What about, like, your pinky? Your right pinky? Or your left pinky? One of the two. What do you uh, really use the pinky for? I would take my my right ring finger. I don't need it for much. I need my pinky to still hold. I can get rid of this one. Fair enough. My That'll do it for coffee and my cream. My Ronnie lot. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow.